Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to the season three finale of the Making Laps Podcast. I'm sure you're all very happy. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. It's the third season already? Yes. Oh, no kidding. I, know, I, I right? thought it was only second season. but No, this is season three. We oh. started in 2020. Why haven't we been canceled yet? Because no one listens to cancel us. And with us on the line yet again, as always, is Florida Senator Phil Jakes. It is the last show of the season. It's instrumental. Spoiler alert. I got a real soft spot for piano music, so... Look at him, he's welling up. <laughs> Look at the twinkle in his eyes. You're okay, all a little pissy-eyed. <laughs> got a piece of dirt in the corner of my eye. Pissy-eyed. Yikes. That's gross. Surprised Jesse didn't turn this into a karaoke moment. There we go. Good. What do you think? 8.6. 8.6. Uh, why aren't we writing these ratings down and having, like, which ones get the highest that's, ones? That's one of the higher ones. Not it is. Highest, I'm not just, yeah, it's definitely one of the higher ones. Did it get marked down for not having vocals? No, there's no such thing as a 10. I know, but you didn't also give it a 9. <laughs> the production quality wasn't there. And he did miss a few, but, I mean, he's doing it at once, one take probably, so. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Beethoven could do it in one take. And he yeah. was deaf. Deaf bastard. Yeah, and well, Beethoven's dead, so what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it now, can he? Fertilizer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Think All about right. that, you kraut bastard. So, again, it is the final episode of the season. Like I said, I'm Thank sure you're God. all very happy. Um, yeah, again, we'll be back next year, I think. Uh, what do Damn you guys it. think? We'll be coming back for Speed Weeks from New Smyrna. We'll recap that. Sounds like a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 we able to watch and participate in some fam- uh, way, shape, or form, I'm sure it's going to be on flow. I think it was last I year. I mean, we we do have a, a senator in Florida. <laughs> he can at least. Hell, I'll be racing in. in January. What do you guys be doing in January? Uh, building Being, snowmen. I'm going to be jealous <laughs> of you. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'll Don't probably. Worry, I'll post lots of pictures and tag you with them. Thank you. I'll probably still be working <laughs> on my car. Watching. <laughs> be watching Phil have fun. Yeah, at this point, I'll probably still be working on my car. So, we hope it's fun. I've never been to this track. Elaborate, because we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. So you might as well hit it. Well, for, first race of the year next year is going to be at Desoto, aka the Freedom Factory, uh, with the Wheelman Series. So, Killer. never never been there, never even seen the place in person. So, not exactly sure what to expect but well that's a historic uh florida racetrack there for you so you'll get to see cletus the giraffe <laughs> it's hard to miss him 
<laughs> he does have the biggest teeth. Yeah, right. No, he's huge. He's also he's like monster. six foot eight. Yeah, he's also like yeah, he's like six five, six six. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's very tall. When I was up at FL2K at Gainesville, I was walking around and I was like, "Up oh, there he is," because his head is up. literally a foot above everybody else's. Yeah, just became a dad like yesterday. So yes, congrats to him and enjoy the. Uh, stress and headaches that all the rest of us have to deal with. And the so. sleepless nights. Correct. Yeah, but that's that's really my only uh, update right now. Changing a few key? things in the front suspension for this track and, and going with a different spring package. So hmm. kind of going backwards to go forwards from where I was, but whatever. Got a test session in a couple of weeks and see if we suck. Still, well, that happens sometimes. You have to to go from A to B to C. Sometimes you have to go back before A. Mm. Well, we were ge- geared up to go to uh, Citrus for a practice session a couple weeks ago. Just time hasn't allowed it. So, I mean, I, I was going to give you a little bit more time if you want for your update. No. I didn't want to cut you off. I got nothing. All right, I have been working nonstop as usual. I think I've mentioned it the last few weeks that I've had my car torn apart. We're in the uh, very long and drawn out technical phase because I don't want to screw this up like I typically screw shit up. So I have been, I, I've been living by tape measures, like seriously. Um, I've been underneath my car so much I broke my creeper in half. Uh, it was a Harbor Freight creeper, and it was plastic, and the middle pivot casters just snapped out of it i'm like "Mm, great build quality glad i spent 80 bucks on this so i threw that away went and bought a 35 dollar metal one and i'm like this ought to last a little longer well it's not from harbor freight that's the thing no it was (laughs) (laughs) it was just a metal one from there it's like an abusive relationship oh this is a piece of junk let's see what else harbor freight has (laughs) i'm sure they'll change this time yeah yeah. They won't abuse me ever again. Yeah, they said they wouldn't. He didn't mean it. They didn't mean it this yeah, time. Yeah, they didn't mean it. They're really a nice person. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I went there and bought one of those. But I'm at the point where I've got the car essentially on the ground on blocks, and I'm trying to string it to make sure the damn clip is put in straight. And I keep having issues, and I'm like, eh, it's not measuring right. I think it's bent. I pulled the rear end out today, measured it, and it said, oh, it's towed out at eighth because I got hit in the right rear. And I figured it was a little messed up, and... Took the port of power and chains to it and got that straightened back out. Now, anywhere I roll the housing, it's straight. No toe out, no nothing. So I rolled it back under the car, hooked it back up because I wanted to string the chassis off of that and uh, still getting bad measurements. It was a little better, but it was still bad. So then Phil says, hey, uh, why don't you try stringing the car like, you know, level? Like, oh, okay. That probably would make more sense. So I tried that, and I'm at the point now where the rear end, I don't know what the measurements are doing because I'm trying to measure off of the flat spots down the C-channel or down the main part of the frame. And just because it would be more you know, uniform in my mind. And each side, with the rear end being straight, like I straightened it, it says that the left rear is towed out a sixteenth of an inch and the right rear is towed out a sixteenth of an inch. And I'm like, what is happening here? This rear end is straight. It shouldn't be towed out anywhere. What is going on here? So I have no idea what the hell is going on. I wonder if the center is bent and that's why I can't string the car properly. 
or I don't know, it's been clipped so many times and put back together so many times, who knows if it's actually even square or straight anymore. So I just square the box up and measure off the front tires at that point. Yeah, I, I measured off of the center of the um, cross member because the front clip in the car was put in not that long ago. Uh, and so I measured off of that straight back from the center and to the corners. It was the even number on both sides. And then I measured the X of the chassis off of the datum points underneath the car, and it measured square across the X. And now it's saying the equal distance toe out in the rear, which shouldn't actually be there. I think it's just trying to measure off the chassis and get the strings straight. That's really kind of screwing me up. And it's saying they're both the same on both sides. So I'm like, well, I think this is probably going to be close enough. I think it's time to start just welding it. So I don't know how many more measurements I can really take. I'm just, I'm probably going to measure wheelbase and that's probably it. I don't know what else to do here. So just to make sure the clip isn't too short because that would really screw me up. Oh, I put this whole thing together and then I take it to the track and they measure wheelbase and I'm like way off because it's too short. And then they throw me out and my chassis is no longer legal at all. That would Just make, go long. That would make my life. 110-inch <laughs> wheelbase. I don't know if they allow that. I think they said it's got to be 108 plus or minus a quarter inch or three I think it has to be within a half inch of it itself. I thought that's what it was. It could be a half inch. I don't know. I have to reread the rules, but who knows if the rules are going to change because who knows what's going on right now. Well, I don't know. I remember when Moose brought the Ford up to Thompson and it had like a 110-inch wheelbase. And did they make them cut it down? The, the, the competitors ended up complaining so bad that they ended up having them cut it down. And then, of course, what happens when you shorten the wheelbase is that the car turns better. Yeah, it so the car went faster. More. So that was kind of stupid. Yeah. So on their part, but yeah, a shorter wheelbase car will go faster. I never understood why they gave him so much shit over that Ford chassis. If it meets the track width, and it meets the the you know wheelbase, what's the problem? I heard someone saying that the the control arms were adjustable, like you could move them more. I don't know. So I don't know Ford shit. They weren't. They weren't. No, the uppers are basically on sliders, like a like an old style late model, which was cool. You could really adjust it pretty well for caster camber. But other than that, it's like I don't know. I didn't see any real difference. I've looked at that thing. It didn't look that different. So I don't know what they were complaining about, but meh. He ain't running Racers no more. complain about anything if they're getting beat. Je- I mean, Jesse Especially used to get different. <laughs> Jesse used to get complaints about a plastic piece on his nose. Oh God, <laughs> the Buick nose, the cow catcher. Uh, took them a long. Oh my God, we have a voicemail. We By do. the way, breaking news: we just got a voicemail on Anchor, which I always ask people to participate in at Anchor.fm/slash Making Laps. Or you could send a, a text, like a voice, uh, not a voicemail, that's the voicemail. You could send an actual message, like a written message, like snail mail to <laughs> makinglabspodcast at gmail.com. But yeah, we actually got a voicemail. So we're going to have to pull that up later. We have a voicemail? Yeah, does we got a voicemail. Does it have a subject? Uh, no, but I have the name and I don't want to give it away. Okay. So, oh, anyway. This makes me happy. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'll I'll walk Jesse through pulling it up because I didn't anticipate this coming up. Because um, we never get I'll, them. I'll I'll find it. I'll figure it out. It's on anchor. Keep going. You'll finger it out. Yeah. There go you ahead, go. Brother. 
All right, so, oh, yeah, I was talking about my car, right? So we're at that point where I'm like, I don't really know how much more measuring or whatever I'm trying to say here I can do. Um, but, like I said, we're at that point. I'm just going to measure wheelbase. I'm probably going to need somebody to help me measure wheelbase because I think that's really a two-person job. I can't just put my trammel bar on the two spots and then try to string a tape measure over 108 inches and hope I don't bend the little arms on the, uh, or little probes or whatever the hell you want to call it on my, on my trammel bar. Cause they're not very stiff. Probes. We'll call them probes. Um, so I'll, I'll probably get somebody to help me with that, but I measured the right side and it was like one Oh seven and seven eights. And I might've been bending it a little bit. So it might be one Oh eight on the dot. I'm not sure. So I got to measure the left side after that. I think I'm just going to weld the thing in because I don't know how much more straight I can make this thing. Well, you should so. you should weld in some braces on the on the pumpkin. So don't <laughs> yeah. bend. Oh no, I'm going to I have another Ford 9-inch rear and I'm going to take my jig that I made for the uh the lower or all the bracket mounts and I'm going to build it based off of that rear and I'm going to take my floater and put it on that jig. And try to fix it and make it right so that I can use it again. So it's not just a piece of iron sitting in the corner of my shop doing nothing and just wasting space. Uh, yeah, click that one. Go down. There you go. To messages. There you go. Hey, we got a message. We'll play that in a minute. Anybody else have any other personal updates? So I'm at basically at fabrication phase. I need some steel. Like I need some one-inch square tubing. I need some half-inch square tubing, and I need some roll bar tubing. But other than that, we're pretty much at the point where we're going to start fab. So I need everything, but other than that, I have everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have some stuff, but I don't have enough of it. So we're at that That's point. how every garage project goes, right? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, once we get to past the science, I suppose... Um, then it's all just kind of second nature because I I know how to weld and I know how to fab stuff so hopefully that works. I I couldn't do what you're doing right now. Um, I don't. I don't know have if, the patience. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't even know if I can at this point. Fair. That's yet to be determined. Yep. Okay. So I need you to hurry it up so that I can get that red truck out of my garage. <laughs> yeah, I know that's another project. By the way, I've been documenting everything that I do on YouTube. I'm. I've got a burgeoning YouTube channel that's very slowly growing, and I'd love for it to grow a little faster. But that's over at YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. Uh, I don't know. I think I do a pretty good job. Be more funny. <laughs> I mean, watch the video where I found a whole rat-like skull under the hood of my Crown Vic. That was pretty funny. All right, anyway. Jess, you got any updates? No. It's it's November. It's a, I'm Brown Santa. I'm going to be working six days soon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hooray! There's no crate motor in the garage yet. Negative. No. Negative. Jesse yeah. might. Jesse might no. play uh, Corey Hutchins for a little while. Just build a uh, open motor and go run the you know open races once in a while here yeah. or there. I wouldn't. Mind, I would. I wouldn't mind doing something like that. Being a part time whenever I, I want to do something schedule. Right. That'd be fine. Wouldn't be so bad. Right now, you know what? It's the last episode of the year. And it is the second segment of the show. So I figure for the last time this season, we might as well fire up the DARF comment of the week. Even though 
There's no racing. You can't escape the DARFs. We have an awards show coming up soon. We also have awards coming up at, this week, and this one no, will no, be... At the end of this episode, we are going to give away the Making Laps Podcast Awards. Right, and this one's going to be a nominee, as all the other DARFs are. Uh, no, this one's not really going to make it into the nominees for the DARF of the year, because this one's kind of just meh. But I felt the need to include it. All right, for this week's installment... In the last one of season three, I wanted to do a little more than shame just one person. (sighs) All right. So I'm going to bring back the blanket coverage winners. You know how we throw a blanket over people. Typically, I use it when I can't really call out just one person for their uniquely stupid comment, but rather a whole host of people parroting the same nonsense. Idiots tend not to be creative. It's kind of hard. They do flock. Did my lights just dim? Am I going to lose power? I hope not. Check your control panel. I hope it's on fire in the kitchen. <laughs> it better not be again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stupid fire. All right. Now, Stafford Motor Speedway released their schedule this past Friday and their rule updates, which we will go over later. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Something was missing from the schedule that was a major event in the past two years, the SRX series. Now, obviously... Anyone with even an ounce of reasoning and observation skills will look at the last two seasons of the SRX calendar and realize that they are mostly a traveling show that tries to visit different tracks each season, the only outliers being Stafford and Nashville Fairgrounds. Those are the only repeat tracks that they've ever had. However, our award winners this week are all the people commenting on all of Stafford's social media channels, complaining that the SRX isn't on the schedule for this season. If you're running the SRX and the whole point of the series was to travel around to local short tracks and big and bring big names, TV attention, and some high-speed action to local racing, would you keep it at the same places all the time? No, because it would get stale to the viewing audience, so you move the circus around. Right? That's the whole idea. Well, the whole idea was to grow short track racing across the country. Yep. And if you keep doing it at the same places, you're just growing those places. You're not growing as many as possible. Yes. Right? Agreed. So you need to move it to different areas. All right. But to be a local race fan and just kind of expect that this is going to be a long-term thing is being far too optimistic. And being negative about it not coming back... That is just downright stupid. You have a marquee racing facility in this state with all the the top-of-the-line fan essentials to make the experience as immersive as it possibly can. It even allows streaming to fans who can't be there, and you're going to throw a pissy fit. Not to mention all the big races that they have. Yeah, and they also have a giant schedule, which we're going to get into. Um, Just because this race isn't coming back, you're going to be angry? Shut up. Enjoy the fact that you have a place to go and enjoy racing up close and personal, a place who treats fans and racers with respect and puts on a good regular show. Because I am sick of the entitlement of race fans, sometimes racers, let's be fair, because these facilities put on shows for you to watch, but you forget that they don't work for you. They are under no obligation to listen to your suggestions. They offer you entertainment. You 
are the kind of people who would go to a strip club and bitch about the dancer having a tan line or a wrinkle and not enjoy the glorious tits on display in your face. More like stress marks than cigarette burns. Maybe around here. <laughs> mm. So shut up and enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> I just can't stand that. I'm sorry. I had to write a whole diatribe out for it. It's like, how can you not be satisfied with just having a place to go? That's all you really need at I this mean, point. It's I mean, it's disappointing that the SRX isn't back again this year. I mean, who wouldn't want to have the SRX back at Stafford? Yeah. That'd be fantastic. But I but. understand why it doesn't have to be at Stafford every single year. Understood. Well, I hope they go to, uh, my, you know, something different. Hope, something crazy like Monadnock or something. Something in the Northeast region. Do it by region or Waterford or, or whatever. That would be kind of nice to travel around different places in different regions. That okay, was, that's fine. Again, that's the whole point of SRX. If you keep going to the same places, it's just going to get stale. People be like, oh, I hate the race at that track. I'm not going to watch. No, they want it to be different all the time. You know? So I don't know. Phil, do you have an opinion? Just kind of quiet. Uh, everybody's going to find a reason to bitch about something. The problem with bitching about something is that they bitch about anything because they well, feel like they have to bitch about something. It's like, you know, you don't have to complain about everything. You could just say, oh, that's not on the schedule. I'm just going to keep rolling on with my life instead of taking the time to comment on it and voice my displeasure. That does nothing. It's not going to change anything. You're just being negative for the point of being negative. Well, there's a serious sense of entitlement there. Like they, they believe that SRX belongs to them now. I didn't honestly even think they'd come back for the second year. No, you I know, thought they, they were it done. Was, it was originally pitched as a series, like like you said, that's going to travel from track to track all over the country. We need to have them at like Evergreen and stuff like that. We need to have them everywhere. Right. It, show off all our short tracks. Yeah, I don't know why. They would think that it should be just one place. I mean, it's not the NASCAR modified tour. It's not like they're going to Thompson four times a year anymore. Well, I mean, look, I loved the SRX races at Stafford. I have obvious bias to that, but I think it put on a really good show. Do I want them back there? Maybe, but I'd rather them go somewhere else. Give another track the attention. Yeah, I mean, again, just... I just don't understand why you think it's what you should be doing. It's like, I really want this to come back. Why isn't it back? I don't have any other, you know, I just don't get it. Like, Well, here, here's a different thought on it, though. What if, so they have how many races in a season? Six? Six. So what if there was one Florida race, one, one mid-Atlantic race, one Northeast race, and then... Do two on the West Coast and two in the Midwest and call it that. Like seven races? Yeah, do seven races. It's just adding a single race, but do like three up the East Coast, two up the West Coast, and a couple in the middle of the country. Because I have exactly what the complaint would be. You ready? What's that? Why are you giving so many races to the East Coast? Why are you giving Florida. so many races to the West Coast? Easy solution or, or easy answer to that. How big is Florida? <laughs> How many tracks do they have? Well, the SRX went to Pensacola, yep. South Boston, Virginia, mm -hmm. Stafford. Well, we could even say it's Florida, Nashville, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama area. Missouri and Ohio. Yeah. 
basically all in the eastern half of the United States. Yeah, we got to spread it out. You know, they got room to grow. I mean, that's fine. I mean, and, and about Darth's complaining, if they didn't complain, we wouldn't have a second segment. So that's fine. It gives us material. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, is that when they complain, they typically will get so incensed by their own complaining that they'll find a reason to not show up. Oh, you suspended my favorite driver for spitting in someone's face. I'm not coming. You know, it's like, why? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, you're supposed to be a race fan. They'll come. Doesn't matter. They always. How many NASCAR fans have left the sport 10 years ago but still comment on it in the Facebook page? Brent. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Wherever. everywhere. NASCAR's yeah. dead. NASCAR's dead. It Why died are you with, still watching? It died with Dale. I stopped watching 10 years ago. You see that all the time. And then the they complain about something that just happened. And then they and then they find it. So they're still, they still have hate clicks or still clicks. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. Anyway. All right, Jess, why don't we play that voicemail? Okay. I hope we have this sound checked because we actually kind of didn't. We're going to talk about the um, schedule for Stafford? We will, but it, uh, I figured I wouldn't. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that now but or after this. But I want to hear what this voicemail has to say. Hey, guys, since you keep complaining about nobody sending a voice message in, I decided to finally do it. Well, this is probably like your last show, but uh, you keep mentioning me, so I've only been a guest once, so I figured I'd get myself on here, you know, in another way. Uh, enjoy listening to the show. Keep it up. All right, so that was from apparently our favorite SK driver, Adam Gaeta. Hi, Adam Gaeta. Hi, Adam Gaeta. Who said he's our favorite? Well, it says so on the title that he wrote in. It says, your favorite uh, SK driver. Yeah. Well, I don't really have one except, well, okay, Adam's now our favorite. Yeah. And we do mention him on the show quite a bit because... We have a lot of similar interests. Yeah, we we usually end up walking into the racetrack. What? What the hell is he holding up a Rocco t-shirt for? Hey, Sorry, Adam. Let me know when your racer has some uh, personality. Uh, anyway. Come on. <laughs> How about a favorite <laughs> hockey team? Okay. Uh, no, we always end up Poor at Waterford team. and we run into Adam and we all we do is talk hockey. Like, we don't talk racing. We're at the racetrack, and we just talk hockey. So, Good to escape sometimes. Well, thank you for somebody to actually participate. Finally. <laughs> like I said, I don't care what you say. I'm going to play it. You know, if you sound stupid, you'll make yourself sound stupid. So it's whatever. I'm just throwing it out there. All right, anyway. Also, the car looks good, Adam. It keep, does. Keep it up. It's definitely getting better. It, it looked good. It's in pieces right now. Well, yeah, so is mine. <laughs> but mine's a lot, of, lot work, of pieces. Work is getting done, unlike my car. I his wish is, his is going to be getting the same pieces as yours, I believe. I wish I could show people how bad my car actually is. Like, I know this was for the first segment of the show, but it just kind of dawned on me. It's like I pulled the motor out and I looked at the engine mounts, and the engine mounts are like dented into the cross member and cracked. I'm like, oh, when did this happen? <laughs> So I got to like cut those apart, redo those. Oh my God. What a mess. Plumb bob everything. Make sure everything's straight again. Yeah. All the fun. Yeah. I got to make sure the drive line lines up. This is going to be a pain. (sighs) So yeah, there's my life. I just kind of slipped that back in there. All right. So I don't think we have any news from last week that we missed because I don't think there's anything going on yet. I know silly season still kind of in, 
in its swing, but it's kind of late in the game, obviously. Uh, Still lots of rumors about Priest. A lot of, yeah, a lot of Priest rumors going on around right now. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear something as soon as we release this episode, which is stupid because that's how it always happens. But, uh, all right, so Stafford, why don't we talk about them real quick? They released their schedule for 2023 and their rule changes. Now, again, remember all season long we said, okay, we're going to save for the last episode our wants, wishes, and desires. Well, here's our chance because we could slip that into whatever Stafford does for their rule changes. That's pretty much verbatim around the Connecticut area. So they have a 23 race schedule, I think, right? 23 Is it 23 races? Yep. I think it is. 23 and 23? I think that's what it is, yeah. It's not 23 events because they have, like, the swap meets, and then they have the Sizzler on the 22nd, and uh, let's see. Then they go into – oh, that's practice on the 22nd. I'm sorry. Sizzler is April 29th and 30th. $20,000 to win. Is it twenty? Twenty did win. Last year was fifteen thousand. <sighs> or this season. Impressive. Hot Which, damn, that's a whole uh, that's a good payday. Which is up, so but people are doing well. That's this awesome. is gonna this is really gonna be I know it's uh, they don't pay me to say this, by the way. I just say it because I'm a race fan and I kinda like the place. Uh it's hard not to. But they're gonna have a really, really good sizzler, like an opening race this year. They've got the Napa Auto Parts Duel, and they also have the ACT race. And I remember last year, the Duel paid decent money to win those qualifying races. I think last year it was what, or this year, I mean, it was like uh, 3500 bucks just to win the qualifying race or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or 4000 I can't remember. But then the race was like fifteen, so you could win up to eighteen or something like that. Now it's like twenty grand. so... I don't know. They're going to come out with the news on that later, I'm sure. But they also have uh, the ACT late models are going to join them for the Sizzler. And I think it's their first time there in their form in 38 years or something like that. Yeah, I think since like 84 or 85 or something. I forget. But uh, that's going to be interesting. I'm very interested in seeing what those cars can do there in their current form. Because I've been one of, I was, in the past, obviously, I was one of those people advocating for them to go to ACT late models. So this will be the test to see if they actually do race well there. We'll see. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, and then uh, they got limited late model street stocks, vintage all stars on Saturday. Sunday for the Sizzler, they got the open modified 100, SKs, late models, and SK lights. So again, I'm kind of expecting. Expecting them to be back on flow next year. I haven't heard anything about it, like them leaving or not. But they would have mentioned it by now. I'm sure they no. would have mentioned it. I think it's way too advantageous of them to stay there. And then they've got a bunch. You know, like I said, they've got a very busy schedule. I think it's almost weekly. Or no, it, I'm pretty sure it's weekly from then on out. Or is it? I'm sorry. No, it's, I think they take a week off, and then they go to their first Friday night because it's April 30th to May 12th. They got an open 81. Yeah, I think that's like bring a friend night or something usually is the first night of the week, uh, year. Yeah, it's a, they also got the kids race for the big wheels and stuff. Yeah. Um, right after that, they got the open 81, 
Uh, so there's an open modified race there. And then uh, they got some special SK light races that they're going to have double race or double purse or something like that. Again, go to their website, check out their whole schedule. They got another open 80 race on June 16th. The Senator's Cup is June 23rd. Street Stock 30 is going to be June 30th. The, another open 80 race is July 7th. Uh, the Dunleavy Modified Night, July 21st. SK 5K returns on August 4th. Uh, another open 80 race, uh, let's see here, August 18th, back to school night, August 25th, the Paradiso Insurance late model 50 is September 1st, TC 13 shootout is uh, September 8th, and then they go into the fall final, which is going to also have the Monaco modified tri-track series on Saturday, September 23rd. Follow that up by, I think there's also going to be an SK Light Invitational that night. Then there's going to be Championship Night, or Champions Night, I should say, September 29th, uh, 2023. What is an SK Light Invitational? I believe it's the... That's the non-winner's race. It's the non-winner's race. Whoever. Oh, okay. If they didn't win an SK Light race that year, they go to that race. Gotcha. I think they did that last... No, they did this, that this season this and it was green to checkered. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. It's hard. I'm not there every yeah, week they, anymore, yeah, so I they, don't remember that stuff. They, yeah, they raced it this year. Went green to checkered. Yep. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't a complete shit show. Nobody wrecked their stuff. I don't think so. It's not. They should do it. You don't. They should do, do a wives and girlfriends SK light race. No. <laughs> what you, about Amanda Weston and uh, um, uh, uh, Meg Fuller and the female drivers? Well, they run the regular race then. Well, then they got Cassandra Cole. <laughs> they they have the regular race. They have to put their boyfriends in the car. No. Hey, you're assuming. <laughs> Don't assume, Jesse. All right. Sure. Um, it's a free country now. Now they also release the rules. Okay, this is where we can actually go into our wants, needs, desires of what we want to see out of racing in the future. Doesn't have to be next year. It could just be the future at this point. But I'll go through some changes just because they're interesting. And if you're not interested in technical stuff, well, I apologize. Um, Skip forward to the rewards. It's fun. <laughs> now we got to fill the show out somehow. People need to tune in for some reason. Uh, Phil, I don't know if you read they these. They tune in? Not really. But have you read Adam any of the rules? Like I rule noticed that for some reason a Mittler Brothers hub is allowed on a street stock. Those look. Aren't those really expensive? They used to be. I don't know if they are. I'd never. What, I just use Coleman stuff. So. What is a Mittler Brothers? Mittler Brothers is some got some really expensive stuff. You ever see one of their tubing notchers? It's like four thousand dollars. Mittler Brothers hub. Uh, yeah. Look at that. I don't know. Sure. I assume it's like two hundred bucks or two hundred fifty bucks or something. You might. Yeah, you'll probably find it if you just go to their regular website, and they might have. All right. I, I should say I would hope it's about two hundred fifty bucks. I think that's what the Coleman's are. Yeah, the Coleman's are at least two hundred something. But they made some changes to like the SK body panels, and I think they're trying to reel in a lot of the aero stuff that a lot of these guys are doing. I was waiting for that. Yeah, they made a bunch of changes: uh, right side panels, roof posts, and rear spoiler changes. 
And I think they that also pertains to the SK lights. So they said right side panels. I'm going to be a little techie here, so if you're not interested in it, fast forward. But uh, top and bottom door flange must match the top and bottom quarter panel flange, creating one line slash plane when viewed from the side and above. Left side panels, one angle or break is permitted at the door slash quarter panel seam, probably so you can get in the car. Um all doors and quarter panels must be flat or convex in shape. They may not be concave. Bottom flange of the door and quarter panels must face inward slash inboard. The door panels must maintain a two-inch ground clearance. Quarter panels must maintain seven and a half inch minimum ground clearance. So they're they're really reeling in a lot of the arrow stuff. Because guys were starting to get a little bit uh so experimental with bodies. Yeah. So I, I've been watching the right side uh, sail panel like grow in height and length and how much, trying to take up as much surface area as possible. Have you and, seen how yawed out the right side of these cars have been getting to? How do you think ours are? Yeah, we're they're doing really, this, we're doing all the same stuff. <laughs> they're really and, kicked out. Yeah, I, I hate that stuff at a local level. I appreciate it once you get up to supers and higher than that because – you, if you're racing in classes like that, you got a big budget most of the time. So. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to race against Steven Nassie on a street stock budget, you're an idiot. But it's just there's money there. <laughs> I'd like to see. So I'm okay with that, but local tracks, no. I'd like to see no. one of these cars in a wind tunnel to see what kind of shit and difference does it make anyway. I bet you it makes quite a big <laughs> difference. Honestly, make- I bet you it makes a huge difference. That's why they're well, doing it. When you hear SK Light guys talking about their drafting at Thompson, it doesn't surprise me. When I was doing yeah. all the funky aero stuff with the street stocks at Thompson, I could feel the air differences in the car. So, oh, yeah. so nobody yeah. can ever tell me air doesn't matter on a short track as much as everybody used to try and tell me that. Well, well especially I mean, Thompson. I mean, do you remember that super late model wreck at the All American 400 at Nashville Fairgrounds? Yeah, he caught air. Austin Nason got spun out at the end of the front straightaway on, what, a half-mile short track? Mm-hmm. And the back end of the car lifted off the ground. Yeah, it looked like Talladega a record. style. Talladega, yeah. Don't tell me air don't matter on a short track. <laughs> that it, thing it lifted off the ground. I was like, holy crap, I've never seen that on a short track. Yeah, what was he doing? So whole, it, he was crashing really hard is what he was doing. Right. Um, that's why as ugly as I think it would be, I say take the spoilers off my class because they drive too good. Make them two inches or something. Make them really small. They were fun when they had three-inch spoiler on them. Hmm. I mean, these guys, they also made some changes to like roof posts and uh, rear rear roof posts height and all that stuff. They got to be below the roof the top of the roof height and stuff like that. And they I've made, noticed the pitch of the roof changing too on some of them. Yeah. And so they've tried to curb that, uh, rear spoiler. They made some changes to that. They said it must be mounted to the top of the rear panel, the aft edge and must be centered across the back panel. Like you can't offset it. Yeah. Uh, no material is permitted above the rear spoiler mounting point other than the flange of the 48 inch wide hinge. I don't know if there's any other change. Oh, there are more changes. I think the um, they're starting to allow coil spring rubbers. They said a maximum of two, and I think they went like that all the way across the division, all of the divisions. I think I'll have to check street stocks though. 
Um, coil. That's... Front coil must be a minimum of eight inches in free height, minimum of 250 pounds per, uh, per inch rating. Jeez. Uh, you may not use any type of device to alter the load on the front springs other than the normal loading of the coil over nut. Got it. Uh, they changed some shock numbers, um, some part numbers and stuff, so I don't know. The Stephen Kopsick rules? Probably. I don't think you should be allowed an externally adjusted sh- shock on these cars anyway. Maybe not a tour type. Maybe a tour type mod, but not a SK. They also added in a recommendation, which I call the Jonathan Puglio rule. It's not a full rule, but it is a recommendation. It says, it is recommended that you run two, quote, ear, unquote, bars on the driver's side with two horizontal bars connecting them to reduce the exposure of the driver's head area. These bars should be made with inch and three-quarter DOM steel tubing. So basically more Blewett and Headache bars. I know so, so they're trying to make it into a funny car cage. Essentially, Which I'm yeah. totally okay with. Yeah, because uh, Jonathan got hit up in that cage area, and it broke a few of those bars. So, Yeah, I've I've always thought the, the Modifieds needed a funny car type cage. I agree. I think that it's, it's really going to help keep intrusion out because when you start getting into the nitty-gritty of how a race car is constructed, and you start thinking about, hmm, the body around me is not very intrusion-proof, and you start thinking, huh, if a tie rod breaks, that's a piece of steel the size of my finger. And if that goes through the window, guess where that's going? Inside the cabin. You know what I mean? Or like yep. a Nerf bar breaks off. Where is that going? Straight through. You know, so you got to take as much precaution as possible. That's why they put intrusion plates on the door bars and they put all these headache bars on the left side now. You don't see intrusion plates down here. Really? It's wild. That's scary. I wouldn't do that. I, I've driven a couple cars in practice, but there is no shot I would ever race those. Let's see. They made some more changes to... Let's see. Let's go to late models. They made a few changes to the doors. They said no external Nerf bars or rub rails of any type. Like, you can't take a piece of square stock and bolt it to the outside of your door and call it a Nerf bar anymore. And I can understand that. I've seen a lot of those come loose. They can be a problem. So I don't mind that rule. Anybody have any problem with that one? No, I don't. No, nah, it's just, fine. I mean, there's going to be changes all across all these divisions, so we don't know if we can go right. through all of them, you know? Well, these are all easy. I mean, they made small bumper reinforcement changes. No big deal. Springs, they said yeah. they can't exceed 110 It's all available bucks. on the website. Yeah. yeah. All right. So limited late models. I don't think they really changed anything. SK lights or whatever. Everything they changed is in like SK's. $110 shock in Defender divisions. Yeah. Which is um, good. That's fine. Yeah. Or spring. Yeah. $110 spring. <clears throat> now, I did read through the street stock rules. And if anybody remembers me bitching about how they were written, I've noticed that they are different but they didn't mark it as different uh i made mention of what was the difference i'd made mention that it that the transmission rules were kind of convoluted and a little bit difficult to understand um it says oh it's still kind of a little bit confusing it says that you can only run you know Stock three and four speed transmissions. Gear ratio must be stock OEM production with second gear being a 1.5 to 1 ratio. And it's like, 
that's a dumb rule. Why why you're only allowing one point one five O's? And then I looked at like the gear rule, and I I believe they changed it. Like they changed the wording so that if you run a specific rear gear ratio, like a three twenty three, you have to run a one one five O transmission. So you got that ratio. But if you run the four fifty six rear gear, you can run pretty much any transmission that has a one to one high gear. So I'm like, okay, well that makes more sense now. So they they cleared that up a little bit. Yeah, they they cleared that up in gear rule. You may run this along with that, and you can run this whatever. So that makes more sense. You know why why would you, I always thought that they were pigeonholing competitors into running a one five zero transmission, and those are expensive and they're really hard to find. It's I like, honestly don't even know why it matters if there's a chip rule. It shouldn't matter. That's the problem. I think that you have too many rules and I don't know. It's just, it's overcomplicated. Well, so you don't bang on the chip while halfway down the straightaway. That's probably That's why. That's their own prerogative. If you're banging off the chip halfway down the straightaway, you're not going anywhere. No, but it could be faster. That's why pro stocks bang it's, off the chip halfway down the straightaway. Nah, it's not yeah. really that fast. I'll be honest. In it a, is. In a street stock, you, 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 it's not. Burst speed coming up off the corner is what everybody's after. They're yeah. trying to get that jump up off the corner to get you alongside somebody. It may not be faster, but it's faster. They hit terminal speed earlier and and longer because it doesn't uh, take so much longer to build the top speed. I've tried that, and I would catch people off the corner, but once I hit the chip, they would pull away from me. So... It was moot completely, so it's stupid to try it in a street stock. Anyway, uh, let's see. I never heard it. <laughs> What's that? I never heard my chip in the street stock. Yeah, I I was experimenting with gears, and I couldn't change it that day, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm stuck doing it. Almost won. But, uh, Fuck it. Send I, it. I also destroyed the timing chain in my crate, so that wasn't so great. Uh, if I had... Yeah, I don't- go ahead. I, I'm shocked that you had a problem with that because, I mean, I've banged the chip on mine since I've had it. Everybody I know in this class always does it. No one ever has a problem. So That's because it was a different chain back then. Oh, was it? I had a link chain. I didn't have a single roller. Yeah. Yeah, it was a link chain. It was a second-gen crate. It was when they first introduced the skirt coatings Yucky. in the pistons, but they still had the link chain on the timing chain. Then Was they- it a the steel head seal still or was it the bottle cap seals no it was it was a twist off seals oh yeah those motors sucked even though mine is somehow still running in that car mine is fine because i got it repaired like i did no i gave it to the tech guy and they fixed it for me and they sealed it back up i don't care i'm not any faster It just doesn't. It's not blowing up anymore. The only bitch that I have about Stafford street stock rules is the tire. That's all I'm really gonna say. I don't like the 700. I've never no. liked it. It's not a great tire. Excuse me. Sorry, I just didn't uh, didn't fall in love with it when I raced there because when you're really pushing it to try to get through a pack and you burn it up, the next race it ain't there no more. It's uh, it's just a not a great tire. I don't like it. 
if you're going to run something, run an 800 or run a 790 like everybody else. The 790 is a great tire. I I would say put them on a 790. Street stocks don't belong on an 8-inch tire. No. I mean, they're running an 8-inch tire on the 700. It's just that they run it on an 8-inch or a 7-inch tire or wheel, I should say. You should have felt it when it was a two-barrel with a uh, restrictor plate, how anemic those things were. Oh, my God. They're you anemic could literally do now. anything. Yeah, you could do anything with the car. You could throw it in the in the corner as hard as you wanted, and it would stick. I mean, great, it's... Great for learning how to race, but not great for learning how to drive. Yeah, I mean, I already I already raced a mini stock. I don't need to race it with eight cylinders. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the reasons that kept me away from Stafford for a long time was that restrictor plate rule. I'm glad they got rid of it. That's why I went there. But then the autos. Oh, yeah, the automatic. I would never race an automatic. I'd burn it up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to race with, like, I just don't like the 700s. I ran them that one year. I had a, f- a few of them that were brand new. I put two races on them. They were essentially junk. You know, I'm like, this sucks. You know, give me the 790s at least live a little longer, and at least you can get a handful of races out of them before you're taking them off. But I'm just glad they're not the Comanches with the cord showing on the sidewall. <laughs> Those things are terrible. Yeah, at least they put a little bit of. In. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least they show they have a little bit of, of rubbers, you know, saving their ass a little bit here. I don't so know. There's places still running a Comanche tire. I saw some oh, pop yeah. up on the marketplace the other day for sale. I don't even know how they're making. I thought they turned into the 790, so I don't even know. But whatever. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, that's that's the 790s on Wish. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the street stock rules, and it says that they're gonna run the 700s next year, and I'm like, okay. Who cares? I mean, the the one that the track that has like the worst of the street stock rules is the Waterford one. So I can't oh. wait to hear to you know what their rules are gonna be. Waterford just needs to take Stafford and copy paste and be done with it. But for but, the street stocks. Yeah, but run 790 tires instead of 700s because the 700s are trash. Sorry. I know Stafford's listening, but I'm sorry. I've raced on them and I don't like them. They're trash tires. Most everywhere else run 790s too. And I'll be honest with you, even with a stickier quote unquote 700 tire, if you get loose at Stafford in the high groove, you're not going to save it anyway. So what's the point? So you're dead where you stand. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm a look I was looking for to see if they changed the fuel rule at all, but I'm like, eh. Nope. That's another real sticking point for me. They nope, doesn't look like they changed the fuel rule. So if you own a crate motor, you're spending twelve dollars a gallon on race gas instead of, you know, pump gas. But whatever. By the way, Jesse, I know you've been kind of itching to talk about this. Why can't we have an open motor rule? That's like the same as the crate. Because tech people would have to do extra work. Why can't they just do the extra work? I don't know. I guess it doesn't <laughs> like, pay enough or whatever. Why can't I don't they know. just tech it? Like, why can't I take like a Chevy 350 and put the same spec cam in it, put the same timing system in it, you know, match the dots up, can't change the timing put the same rockers in it, put the same heads on it, make it whatever the compression ratio is, put a 2106 or something like that, whatever the Vortec, you know, intake is from Edelbrock or a 602 intake. 
why can't I, oh, 062 heads. Why can't I put all that stuff into a built motor and build it myself and like run the same chip rule? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I get it. They want to save money and they want to save time by sticking a flashlight in and look, oh, yep, there's a seal. Okay, you're good to go. Why can't I build it, have it but sent if you, to it? If you overheat, whatever. it's dead. I, I've got a better yeah. idea. What's that? Fuck, fuck the old school motors. Why can't we go to the junkyard, get a 5.3, change the ignition module and the intake over to the carbureted intake, put a GM performance cam in it, give us the fucking part number, and send it. Makes 280 horses to tires all day long. Which is probably the same, exactly what a fucking crate makes. Yeah, they'll probably bitch about it, though. They'll be like, oh, well, the headers are going to cost you like three times as much, and the intake is like twice as expensive, and... The, then the, you got to get the put an entire system. motor engine package together for thirty five hundred bucks. What does a crate cost right now? Uh, Fifty five. The last I checked. If we want to save if the race money, it. five three truck motor out of the junkyard. It's funny you Gen three, that. Gen three or Gen four, five three truck motor, MSD ignition box with the Edelbrock intake, Holly six fifty. And the GM performance cam. Or I could just limit the, the fuel injector on the throttle body to like 70 C or whatever it is. However, nope. it's cheaper to do it this way. It's cheaper to do it. Yeah. You don't want to pay. Yeah. It, so it's $890, I think, for the intake with the ignition module. And if you want to get a nice harness with PCM for the LS motor, you're spending 1500 bucks. Yeah. See, I'd be willing to try something like that. That'd be kind of neat. It's funny you mention that because I've heard rumors about a specific racetrack. I'm not at liberty to say around this area that might be experimenting with LS engines in one of their divisions. Street stock, street stock type divisions. I'm not at liberty to say it's it because C-conk, it's... isn't it? It might be. Uh, it's... <laughs> I'm not at liberty to really disclose it because I don't know if it's true or not, but... I will say that maybe there that might be something in the future. With the my <clears> biggest <throat> thing with the LS motors is there's such a big following for that motor. It people call it God's motor for a reason. It's easy, it's affordable, they're plentiful. It's they just live like forever the Ford, too. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Bulletproof. You could even do the same thing if you want to do a Ford division. Do it with the Ford 4.6 single overhead cam. And the same damn intake kit with the ignition control module. Yeah, the the MSD thing, everybody thinks it's going to be a multiple spark discharge thing. It's not. It's literally just a computer that takes the place of a of a G, of the module or no, the the computer. the distributor. It takes Ford the place motors. of the computer like the PCM. It's just an ignition module. That's all it does is tell which spark plug to fire when. That yeah. Ford motor is made out of pig iron. It's heavy as yeah, I got, in, I got one in. I got one in my in my. Shit. Yeah, I've got a four point six liter two valve in my in my crown effect. Trust me. But, but like, we got to make this. And I think because of the the following, it would bring back a lot of the grassroots racers, guys that like to just go to the junkyard, pull a motor, put it together in their garage, build a car, go race. And how many you, five? You point, don't get that a lot anymore. And how many five point threes did GM manufacture? Oh my God! Hold you, on, billions. Countless. There's Let's millions of them. Two, five, <laughs> six. I know counting's difficult, but <laughs> they made millions of them. 
millions <laughs> of them. They're everywhere. You know, it's it, you can get your hands on a damn good runner for like eight hundred bucks and just do a cam swap to it and just freaking run it the way it is in your street stock. Pretty much, you won't even have to rebuild it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You'd probably want to, but you know. Again, that would so, require rules, and that would require inspection. I don't know. I mean, just like I say, in the Cray Motors, since there's since there's all this demand for it, because demand is skyrocketed, because they're basically a utility, everything goes up. So it's just going to, it's trying to meet the demand, mm-hmm. and the price keeps climbing up. It's basically fiat currency and economics 101. Anybody else notice that? Diesel prices shot up thirty cents a gallon Hell the day yeah. after the, the day after the election. Yeah, isn't that? Funny? I did because I have a diesel yeah. car. It's perfect for me getting my diesel truck back this week. You're not getting it back. Uh, it actually, I am. My Bullshit. TCM came back. It is fixed. They're just fixing the front end right now. Now it'll break again. So they Don't had worry. to wait till the election was over in Florida for them to get your truck fixed. <laughs> Yeah, it had to come back from Miami. Well, Although to, Miami went Republican. Well, they had to make sure. World is this? Daddy DeSantis got mm-hmm. reelected. So, <laughs> yeah. find it yet, Phil? Uh, Production no, numbers. <laughs> they so this is just an overall number of that range of truck. Mm-hmm. They they made two million three hundred and fifty six thousand two hundred and nineteen GMT eight hundred Chevrolet pickup and GMC pickup trucks. What in one Obviously year? Obviously, <laughs> no. That's from ninety nine to two thousand seven. So, so there's two and a half million of these things hanging around. That, I would probably say like more like one point five. Yeah, because you blow a but lot of them. Still up. a fuck ton. Well, and, and no the- that that number is all. From thirty five hundreds down to fifteen hundreds. To be fair, um, if you look online, like a a rebuilder, don't go to Jasper or nothing, but like an actual good rebuilder, like you can buy a short bl- or a long block. They're like three grand. Yeah, they're cheap for a fully rebuilt one. You just throw yeah. the accessories on it and go. But here's the thing: you don't really need to fully rebuild them. Just put new rings in the damn thing and send it. All these guys make fifteen hundred fucking horsepower in a drag car. Yeah, they're shaving the rings down. With a Chevy five three, <laughs> opening the gap up to fifty two thousands. That's literally all they do. Yeah, and an LS six cam, just send it. Oh, and they put ARP rod bolts because that's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, because you're gonna lift the head. I mean, you're you're definitely if you're pushing that much boost, you're gonna pull the head up off of it. No, I'm just talking rod bolts. They're thinking that the. The rods oh, are going saying... to break before the bolts will break. Well, no shit. No, I was saying you're going to lift the head with a stock stud on the head. Any of those six bolts will lift a head at some point. Well, yeah, that's true. But if in our instance, it's not. It's just yeah. going to work. And if you Cheap, affordable. Yeah, I mean, if you keep the revs down on it, it will probably last longer than a crate engine. Take a look at yeah. this, Brent. What's that? We have uh, local junkyards. Okay. 5.3. That's to, that's an envoy, isn't it? Yeah, out of a you know hundred thousand miles out of you know a, a avalanche or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And they go for you know hundred thousand miles or whatever. You know, eighteen hundred bucks to two grand. Pluck it out of the junkyard. That's got a hundred thousand miles on it. Eighteen hundred bucks, huh? Yeah. K and R Auto Salvage in North Providence. I bet you that comes you know. with the harness computer. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah, even the transmission. Stuff. 
Yeah, it's probably a four L sixty, so it's probably already blown up. North Smithfield, twenty two hundred <laughs> bucks. Whatever. Facebook Marketplace, you can dig them up anywhere. Let's see this LC nine. Yeah. See, you you can find a friggin' deal. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them, and that's the big engine. That's the that's the one with the big code. Yeah. The LC nine or whatever. All right. Yeah. So there. This, this one, which with the. Uh, um, yeah, the LC9s are like 1800 bucks. The LMJs are like 2000 They have a little bigger a little bigger port, I think, or whatever in the heads, something like that. It's, it's either a rectangular or a cathedral port probably yeah. is the difference. I'm not sure what, when they changed that over. but Yeah, it's, so you can see. You know, yeah, there's plenty about, of stuff out there. They're all over the friggin' place. So, yeah, that's kind of our wants, wishes, and needs. Um, I don't really have any... If I had a, if I had to say one thing about my division right now, the sportsman division, um, I, I don't mind that they added the three thousand dollar late model style body, but I don't think we need it. Honestly, I don't think we should have it. I don't think we need it. Uh, you're basically allowing guys to spend three thousand dollars to have an aerodynamic advantage over guys who can't afford that. That's stupid. If, you're pricing people. If out they're of the running division. those bodies, they shouldn't be running a spoiler. They shouldn't be running a back window either. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I just don't like the fact that you're allowing guys to price other guys out of the division because you're allowing them to spend three extra thousand dollars to get an aerodynamic advantage, and we can't do that. Oh, and a weight advantage, a weight advantage too. Yeah, weight advantage too. It's lighter. Yeah, it is lighter. So you put on a Johnson car, which is already lighter. Yeah, and and you got a major advantage. If you want to spend the money, you can make you know a twenty thousand dollar street stock now. Well, ask somebody from the seven car they spent 40 so yeah ask uh somebody else at waterford he spent was, more than that too so. i was being conservative i mean forty thousand dollars for a street stock okay i could buy two port city cars used for act for Go that ahead. money <laughs> so i said used jesse you found prices for ls motors right yeah i did what were they about two grand 1800 to two grand, but these so, were pretty fresh. 100,000 miles or so. Yeah. 150,000. And w- what was the number I said for the overall cost of just putting a motor together, real quick? 35. Yes. Yeah, so like Jesse's got that number for two grand. Edelbrock Performer LS1 intake manifold. It's a dual plane with the ignition module. Uh, that's 950. And then the GM Performance LS camshaft for zero to six thousand RPM. It's a five twenty five lift cam. Uh, that's five hundred. So there's your thirty five hundred. Well, you're probably going to need uh, new lifters too, just because you got a new cam, right? So there's an extra. Well, yeah, bucks, but, but I'm just saying, affordability wise, those are the big major components right there. Yeah, but that's you know. The lifters are stock. You could just put stock ones in. That doesn't really matter. Well, you gotta yeah. freshen it up. You they're know, all whatever. they're all roller lifters anyway from I mean, the factory. So I mean, you figure you add, you know, take that into account. You gotta freshen it up. So yeah, fill fill the thirty five hundred. Pretty much right on. Even at the higher end, we're talking fifteen hundred dollars less than a crate motor. Yeah. So, food for thought. I did build up a rule set with all of this information and send it to a tech official in your area and never got a response. It's because they don't want to do it. It's because they're lazy. Right. Flashlights and seals. That's what we want to do. Flashlights, carburetors, and seals. Yep. Hey, you know you know who doesn't just flashlight tech crate motors? Ricky Brooks. Yep. Did you ask him for an LS package? He, there's no reason to. Yeah, I guess I, not. 
I honestly think this class is headed the way of the 604 in the future, which yeah. I'm perfectly okay with. Well, give it a few years. I think GM's just going to have one crate motor, and I think Ford's going to have one crate motor. So, I, I would agree with that as well. You're probably going to see about a 400 to 415 horsepower, 450 torque crate motor for GM. You think steel or aluminum head? Aluminum head, steel bottom end, 50 so basically, crank. basically, it's just going to be a mixture of the 603, 604. I think they're the same heads on those two motors. I think it's a camshaft the difference I think, in them. Yeah, I think that is. But they discontinued the 603 a while ago. Just a I little milder camshaft than they currently have in a 604 then. I mean, a 604 only makes like 620? I mean, 420? I really think... Yeah, I really think that the two option is much better than just having one because now you're just pigeonholing guys like us who have to buy a more expensive engine. Hey, I want what everyone wants, and that's and that's rule parity the same have the same rules for all different tracks uh, yeah the the 604 is currently 400 400 so that's what they really, say but yeah that's what they say they sound cooler that's for sure yeah they do sound neat the only problem is the price point is about the same as the c2525 yeah they're upwards of eight grand plus now right uh 8800 bucks yeah ct ct525 is nine thousand on the nose like why even bother having a 604 how about screw engine rules and just have a shock rule and the tire rule <laughs> go ahead make a million horsepower go ahead go ahead try to get it to the ground okay that's it open diffs <laughs> seven inch tire have fun <laughs> the ct525 is what is 533 horsepower okay so that's too much for some classes <laughs> it's fine Try, 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 get it to the ground. Who cares? Come on, Go guys. Ahead. Guys used to build big blocks and run their own. Modifieds. Put a four twenty seven in there. Who the cares? Put one with a friggin' supercharger coming out of the hood. You can't see out the right side. Go ahead, try to get. It to I the honestly ground. think if any crate motor goes away, it's going to be the uh, six hundred four. They oh, might just start be. putting aluminum heads on the six hundred two and send it. Yeah, we'll see. Not sure if that day comes, I'd have to buy a new engine, which my engine will probably be <laughs> dead by then. I don't know. Anybody have any other wants, needs, desires? I do want to see, like I said, we we talked about Waterford and our division. I don't think they can really change anything with their other divisions. By the way, mini stocks. Uh, just copy paste the rule book from Thunder Road and be done with it. Uh, I, I have one desire. Literally, don't need anything. I have else one other desire than that. too. World peace. No, you can't have. <laughs> no, that. I mean. <laughs> this this came up today because it sounds like 417 Southern Speedway down here is unfortunately going away. Ugh. Um, it, it's the Speed Bowl of the South. It's the same track layout, two grooves, really fun track. Yeah. So it's sad to see it go away. But racetracks these days cannot survive on racing alone. No. And I don't understand why these track promoters are so fucking narrow-minded that they can't have flea markets and car shows and concerts and outdoor events, anything. Use the fucking property you have. You have seven days in a week, 365 days in a year. Use them. That's why Thompson's doing so well now. Thompson Stafford has events like that. Yeah. Stafford has car meets and stuff that you don't even know about. Waterford yep. used to. Seekonk still does some some 
random other stuff. I think mostly the Halloween thing they have going on probably is a big money maker for them. Monster they do. Trucks. They do a lot of like family yeah. fun nights too. You know, they do a lot of spectator drags and thrill shows and stuff. And monster trucks. Yeah, most they, American goddamn vehicles out there. They also do the uh, figure eight races and the you know stuff like that. So the yeah. pumpkin smash. Yeah, I just. Other uses for the facility other than motorsports is what I'm talking about more, though. Like, why can't we have concerts in, in flea markets? I mean, Thompson has flea markets, but stuff like that. We got to find a way to make these multi-use properties or they're not going to survive in this day. Agreed. I yeah. agree with you. 150. We need to evolve. Yep. The sports evolved. You know, a lot marketing of marketing could be better. Everything could be well, better. You know, well, that's you know, a lot of the problem is around here, right? Um, apathy well no it's the speed democrats yes that but it's the um the speed bowl wanted to do stuff like that when terry eames was running the show there they wanted to have multi-use facility they wanted to put concerts they wanted to do other stuff the town told them no this is true government intervention yes town told them no so i don't know if it's a uh if it's a state level thing in connecticut or if it's actually just a idiot town that tells them no they can't use their property for what they want even though they paid for it well for well i'll use 417 for an example since this is why it brought this up for me they're next to a fucking airport <laughs> yeah what are noise they worried is about? not a problem are they worried about right. noise <laughs> there's literally nothing else around it i mean there's a campground behind my mom's house and all summer long they have concerts outside why can't the speed bowl? Because people are going to cry and it disturbs the peace. Yeah, because loud ass, loud ass race cars isn't going to bother them as much as a concert. Give me a break. You'd probably rather go to a concert, you know. Or it's At probably least the concert. Watch it be something stupid like the casinos said they couldn't do it or something. They had a I deal with I think the state. The, I think the speed bowl should have a bike rally and go all the way up and down Butler Town Road with their loud-ass Harleys and give them something to bitch about there so that it distracts them from the racetrack. Pay a bunch of bikers to go distract them while they do something else? Yes, rev the engines really friggin' loud. Like in a South Park episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> like my motorcycle's pretty loud. You know, it's not just, that loud. It's, it's fairly loud. It can be. It, it woke the it shit drives... out of my neighbors up at 6.30 in the morning one time because I pissed them off because they were playing their music all night long. Hmm. Well, they deserved so I, it. So I revved the shit out of it, and they woke up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just, man. It just irritates me, the narrow-mindedness these days with a lot of track owners and promoters. Like, don't even need to make noise. Rent your property out for parking or, or something. Like, there's so many things you can do. Wasn't Bruce Beamer supposed to do the tractor-trailer training school or something in the parking no, lot no, there? No, 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 that, that was a really weird... Um, rumor that was floating around at the time, but he that was had nothing to do with him. Oh, I thought that had something to do with him. No, that was not. But either way, so. something like that, like you got a gigantic parking lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Use it for driver's ed during the ch charge the school. <sighs> That's the problem. Is I don't know if it. I don't think that they're even allowed to. Are they just the, the um, zoning? I don't think they're even allowed to hold any other business on the track except for being a racetrack. Yeah, due, I believe so. Due to some kind of grandfather clause or something like that. I believe so. There's there's something with zoning and planning and zoning that's always been a bump in a row with it. It's, it it depends. It's it depends on the town. 
you know, especially up here in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Have anybody else got anything else for their wants, needs, desires for next season or even beyond? Because I'm just kind of like floundering I at this point. I think we said it all. All right. More professionalism in the sport as a whole. Yeah. So, um, do better, especially from some track owners in New Hampshire. We're good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, did anybody get to catch the new Vault Productions uh, documentary from Inside the Vault called Remembering Rip, uh, Whip City Speedway? I did. Yes. And Sid and I were talking about it before the show. I, I managed to catch it before we went on air, and I was like blown away by it. It was very good. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, good. And another example of. Uh, government talent, overreach. Yeah, government overreach and intervention and ruining something that was awesome. Yep. It's a very the, good documentary. The fact that they made them take everything out and down before they left told me their their intentions were not pure from the start. Yeah. They just wanted the track out of there. Yeah, that's just uh, a real rubbing their nose in it. That, I mean, at this point, if you're going to seize my property and do what you want with it, you know what? You take it down. Yeah, I mean, it's... The hell with that. I mean, again, if nobody knows what we're talking about, go hop over to uh, youtube.com slash SidsView and you can catch it. It's up on their website right now on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half long, and it is worth every second of you watching it. And it was just another documentary that made me angry at the situation because Whip yeah. City was just... Had this, some good driver interviews. Yeah, they had people involved. They had the owners or some of the owners at least that were involved and uh they had a lot of people in high ranking positions and drivers and fans and all sorts of people that Speed were Speed Bulls Glenn Pressel was in there. Yep. They had Les Rose, he was in that one. Lester and they had see that. Uh, um, Bertrand. <laughs> oh yeah, Tim Bertrand was in yep. it. Um just it was again, spoiler alert, um Whip City is no longer around. It's still technically I'll get into it. Um, if you haven't heard the story of Whip City, it was a dirt track. I think it was what a quarter mile dirt track up yep. in up in Massachusetts. Kind of a diamond in like you never even knew it was there, but it was a beautiful place. They had like state of the art lights. They had sound barriers around the track. They had decent equipment. I mean, good grandstands, nice tower. I mean, even everything. The bathrooms was, were nice. Even they said they were the best bathrooms in, in all of New England. And it was like they had awesome food. Apparently, this place was just a, a a hole in the wall. You never knew it was there, but it was one of the best tracks in the Northeast. And it only lasted what eleven or twelve years. I think it was fifteen or fifteen or something they, like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happens when things are built by racers, though. Yeah these these guys built this track by themselves, basically. And they put on races, and they had it was a small dirt track, but they had like micro sprints and all sorts of go karts and stuff, and it had a lot of potential, and it had a lot of really cool stuff happen there. And then, like they were getting what the track ownership was getting tired, they wanted to like pass it down to their kids or whatever, and the town caught wind of it, and they just straight up canceled their lease on the land, and basically just kicked them off the land. And told them, look, you have to take down all this shit or we're going to fine you for littering or some shit. And it was like the most convoluted, bullshit, government overreach, asshole thing. I was angry listening to what those fucking people in that town did. And you know what they did afterwards? Nothing. They killed the lease and destroyed the racetrack 
and nothing has ever gone in there. Nothing. No, the outline of the track is still there. The track is, everything is still there. The, the property is as vacant as the day they left it. And it is incredibly infuriating. There's a snack bar and a bathroom. That's it. Like, I don't understand how people can live their lives thinking that the government should run in their lives for them because this is what happens. They destroy shit for no good reason because they just don't like it. That's what government does. It's government over overreach, and I can't stand it. Yeah. Power is, uh, yeah, have power, you're corrupted. I just can't stand no. it. Like, it is, the, it is one of the most bullshit things you'll ever see in your life. Like a good racetrack that made money and people were happy with, and they did everything to kind of remediate noise, even though they were literally on the property of an airport and there was nothing around them. And it was only the people in the town government who didn't give a shit about it and killed it. And it's never come back and nothing's ever been done with the property. It is the dumbest thing you'll ever watch in your life if you're a race fan. But the documentary is not. The documentary is incredibly good. It's great and well done. Yeah. But don't ever <laughs> think the government like does what they what's best for you. They never do. Okay? So just take that as That's pretty much what you'll feel whenever you're listening to this freaking documentary. And it's sad. Genuinely, like I was, I was in my garage watching the end of this documentary. I'm supposed to be working on my race car, and I'm watching this. Like, really? Like this is just as bad, if not actually a little bit worse than how Riverside went away. Oh, well, it's God. a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. It's a tale as old as time. So many racetracks have gone that way, and it's stupid because it's like, how are you going to tell people what they can and can't do, especially if you've actually approved what they're doing you can't just yank the approval and say oh no you're now not allowed to do well, that well that's the thing they they hate that they obviously hated racing and even if it was successful even if it even if it made you know the sales tax drew money to the town it's the principle and they did it based on a principle that they have and they're so principled that they'll do anything that it is to corrupt something that was beautiful and you take know, it away from people. And That's you, what power does to you. You know how stupid it actually is? Look how hard it is to grow a business in, in any kind of town. It, 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 they fight you and fight you and fight you on it to try to do something. And do you know how even more stupid it is? Now they aren't making any extra tax money on it. They'd rather something that pays extra money in property and sales taxes to just go away instead of paying those taxes that they were paying. They lost what about the extra revenue in the town too. Yeah, they lost money overall, but because they didn't like racing, that's just fine by them. Good. So they basically step on their own feet. You know, they, they cut their nose off to spite their face. That's that's government overreach. Oh, good. I hope they develop ALS. <laughs> At least you didn't say can AIDS we, this time. Can we dump a bucket of water on their head? <laughs> What kind sure. of water? <laughs> I can water. If Holy I drink, water? if I finish this drink, I can make my own water. I'd like to dump that on their head. Moving on. We still Oops. have awards to do, and it's an hour, an hour and a half in. We it's haven't even been... finished talking about the Islip 300 yet. I know. All right, I'm not going to talk about the whole race because it took way too goddamn long for a modified race on a how fifth lo- mile track. 
It was what four hours long. <sighs> Christ, it was long. It was like the never-ending race. Well, they couldn't string together more than fucking three laps to start. This is why I hate modifieds. I'm sorry, but I cannot <laughs> stand that fucking bullshit. At least if we make contact, we just bounce off each other yeah. and keep going. They That's make why contact. fenders are great. They make contact great again. Fenders only. Open wheels make contact, and there's someone flying through the air, nerf bars flying off, people crashing all over the place. We can door slap the shit out of each other and just say, oh, that kind of hurt. Keep going. Modifieds are a big track type of car to me. They don't really do well or race well on the little bull rings. I'm sorry. Nah. Not They're really. great at like New Hampshire. I would have loved to see that race at Iowa happen. I know it was going to be a pain in the ass logistically, but that was going to be cool. I'm kind of glad it didn't. Stafford, they're pretty good on. Thompson, they're great. Uh, they're great at New Smyrna. They're great at New Smyrna. They're great at Thompson. Tour-type modifieds, that is. Yeah, well, any type of modified on a big half mile. you got to get them Except motor. Bristol. I don't want to ever see them go back to Bristol. No, nah, they're, they're, they're really not that great at Bristol. I mean, yeah, they're fast, but it's like they don't put on good racing at Everything Bristol. at Bristol turns into a shit show. We all know this. Yeah, we don't need to be wrecking local guys' cars at Bristol. I'm sorry. We just don't. Dirt, dirt guys, maybe, but that's even pushing it at this point. I don't so. even really like them at Martinsville, to be honest with you. They are actually pretty decent at Martinsville. I'll be honest; they're not that bad. Um, they're okay. They're, they're like fine. B minus. <laughs> they're fine. They're actually really good at the speed bowl, too. To be honest. Oh, if we're gonna have wants, needs, and desires, by the way, speed. Oh, did you guys see the picture of Seekonk that uh, Kyle Souza posted over his shoulder, and how they're repaving the groove? Yep, I saw that. What'd you think of that? Well, we know where the groove is going to be for the next seven years. Well, it had migrated to the outside. Right. So now it's going right back to the bottom, and they're turning it right back into the bottom feeder, smash them out of the way action track, I guess. Yep. But, again, it's going to add to the longevity of the track, so what are you going to do? It's wishing one hand shit in the other. If you don't pave the track, it just comes apart. Right. I wanted to see them do concrete. Obviously, they have a concrete company. That would be interesting. Nope. Is there sweet. even a concrete short track around here? I don't even know. I don't think so. I don't think I th- so. Uh, is Kingsport concrete? I think Kingsport might be concrete down Where in Tennessee. Hell is that? <laughs> I don't live there. Uh, all right. So anyway, did you guys catch? Oh, by the way, Speed Bowl. I wonder if they can fix that bottom groove by doing something simple. I'm not a scientist or engineer, but do you think that just like sealing it would be? decent i don't know i don't know anything Fill about in it. the cracks and seal the place seal it i don't know i'm not saying put like sticky shit down i'm saying asphalt sealer like what they did at richmond forever yep like seal, i agree like a, i agree with that 100 percent. like a parking lot you would seal that you know what i mean yep i don't know i'm just throwing ideas out there i'm saying maybe you can get we'll that see it comes weather dependent don't know I don't know. I just want that. I want it to race a little better. It's starting to become an outside groove only racetrack, especially for modifieds, and it's fucking boring. Sorry. It just is. Back to the 300. Back to the Ice Slip 300. All right. I'm not going through the entire race. I'm just going to talk about the end. I'm going to say Anthony Nocella won the Ice Slip 300 at Riverhead Raceway. There was controversy stemming from how he won the race uh, by contact with Matt Hirschman. Do you believe it was a hack move or just? hard racing and i know jesse and my answer not a fan of it um i like anthony nocella a ton too i'm just not a fan of the way that went down i think the angle from the camera was a little bit deceiving because i felt like he got there a little bit more than what the camera showed 
I feel like he had a little bit more underneath I mean, when Hirschman than what they showed. I and mean, he just didn't back out of it. On a quarter mile. Or fifth mile. I don't or even know how fifth small mile, this whatever track is. this thing is. A, a toenail clipping mile. Whatever that is. <laughs> Tiny ass racetrack. If you have a bumper on somebody, you're there. And you take it or it's you're never getting it again. Matt Hirschman went into the turn one a little shallow. And so I met the car washed up out of the groove a little bit later, which means that Anthony Sella could get his car turned early and try to get underneath them. And I felt like he was just about there. I feel like he had a corner of his right front under the left rear, and he was just going to take it because that's all you can get. And when Hirschman turned down, Nocella was there, and Nocella's like, I'm not moving, I'm here. He didn't chase him up out of the group either. He just kind of held his line. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I it, To me, it's just kind of hard racing, especially when it's a small short track. I think Nocella was there, and he just kind of stayed there. He just held it. And that's like, well, I can't fault the guy. So I don't. I, I'd have to see other angles. The way the way I saw it, I saw it, it happen twice. Yeah, where he kind of just drove through him. So that's where it kind of like the first time. All right, whatever. Yeah, but I felt like he did it a couple times on another restart. He had a chance to run him clean and didn't. I think the final pass, though, I don't think he really moved him as much as he got under him coming out of two and just said, I, "I'm not, I'm not giving it up." You I'd know. agree with that. He he had his nose there for the final one. The first one though just didn't sit really well with me. And it, I didn't see the first one. I like No Sella and I don't like Hirschman. So I mean he could have very well have done it before. I'm not really talking about those because he could have. He could have just ran through him. He could have done anything. I'm I whatever. That was kind of inconsequential the moment that Hirschman retook the lead to me. Um but I think that the one for the win was just hard racing. I'm not really going to shit on the guy for it too much. Well, and Hirschman would have lost his shit if it wasn't, so. Yeah. I think uh, I think he tried to clear by contact, and it just didn't work out for him. Which It is- also goes back to a, being a product of those types of cars on those stop-in-the-middle tracks. I just don't think they're good for that type of track. It's a very, very short track, and shit happens very, very fast, so... If you stick your wheel under someone and they turn down, <laughs> that's it. You, you know, know who was running? Who's that? J.B. Fortin was running. Away into from everything, Jimmy. Into everything. Into everybody. <laughs> there you go, Phil. Thank I you. Gonna... I sent you a little softball. Just like just he always right does because he's a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was running from Jimmy Blewett because he was going to eat him. <laughs> that that <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Jimmy, stay the fuck in your car. You're going to get run over. <laughs> you go visit mad. your brother soon. Yeah, don't you don't want to be, uh, what the fuck's his name that Tony Stewart got? I can't remember. Kevin, Kevin. Ward. Kevin Ward. Yeah, you don't want to be Kevin Ward, okay? this is, We've already like, learned Jimmy our lesson had, once. Jimmy had every right to beat the dude's ass. Wait, like, <laughs> wait for him in the pits. Wait for him in the pits. Go into the pits and take the valve cores out of his trailer tire while he's still on the track. Do something. Be like, what's his face? Might have done that. <laughs> Be like, what's his face, and tip over the pit box. <laughs> Can't remember who did that. Uh, that's the guy down here. I gotta be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you work with him now? No, uh, I this there's multiple chances to race against him though. Oh yeah. Well, that, I thought it was kind of funny. I don't but... have a pit box to tip <laughs> over though, so we good. I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny, but whatever. So, 
All right, we are, what, an hour and a half into this thing? Yep. Why don't we get into something more fun? Why don't we go into the end of season three, the make... We don't have any music for this, do we? No, we don't. Screw it, we don't need music. It's the Making Laps Podcast Awards for 2022. Here we go. All right, guys. Too bad I don't have any of my music queued up. Oh. I wouldn't copyright claim you. Do you have anything, Jess? Nope, I don't have anything. I, I figured you'd it. hit something dumb like the Jeopardy sound or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Send them to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have some August Burns Red or something. It's once a year. We don't have music queued up for this. Whatever. Just live with it. Uh, all right. So, do we do Driver of the Year last or do you want to get that out of the way first? Driver of the Year last. That's just on my notes first. Yeah, I want to do that one last. <laughs> all right. I'll go past that. All right. Feel free, if you guys have any awards that I don't mention, just queue up, okay? So I'm going to start this off with Idiot of the Year. This is going to be fun. Phil's folding his arms already. <laughs> we only have one. Phil, do you have a nomination first? Yeah, do you have any nominees for Idiot of the Year? Carson Hosevar. Okay, that's there's a good one. one. That's, that's a, a good very one. good one. I do don't you have, have spe- any other. Do you have a specific incident to describe it with, or is it just a well, which, myriad? Which of- one do we want to start with? The the bullshit with Priest, uh, him intentionally wrecking Colby Howard at IRP for no fucking reason other than oh, he got moved yeah. and didn't like it. He hooked him, spinning yeah. himself out to cause cautions in super late model races, and Ricky and Brooks in the put tr- him two laps down. And in the truck race that one time. Oh yeah, in the truck race, the, the kid is a. <laughs> fucking tool bag and they want us to love him so much and i'll never understand why jesse do you have a nominee for no, idiot of the year no well i've got the winner of idiot of the year does anybody want to hear i would love to daniel die arca east <laughs> arca east arca super late model whatever the hell he is driver for trying to fuck up his own career by committing fell of oh it was at the time felony battery on April 26th that got downgraded, and I don't think he even served any time or got anything for it, but it's okay because he was picked up for the GMS truck ride next year. Yeah, can I come punch one of you guys in the balls? According truck ride. <laughs> According to the police report obtained by this magazine or whatever, Dai was attending class at Father Lopez Catholic High School in Daytona Beach, Florida on April 26th around 2.50 p.m. Dai began, quote, dancing and grinding next to a fellow student in the classroom. The priest showed him how to do it. Yes. He probably had a finger in his butt from a priest at the time. His <laughs> classmates reportedly attempted to stop Dai, who then, according to the report, allegedly, quote, punched his classmate in the groin area, end quote. The classmate fell to the ground in pain. Where he, Oh, he, he made it to the bathroom where he had a, quote, large bruise and his scrotum was swollen, end quote. Blew out a nut. Later, the student was diagnosed with a possible ruptured testicle and referred to a urologist, according to the report. So, congratulations, Daniel Dye, on winning our Making Laps podcast 2022 Idiot of the Year for punching someone in the dick, you asshole. I punched Brent in the dick for a truck ride, and I love him. <laughs> Go ahead. I ain't using it no more. I don't need no more kids. Yeah, you're, I was going to say, you're married and have a kid already. It's it's used up. We don't need it. Got its one use. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. Yeah, right. it made it count. All right. Now, moving on. Jesse, this is all you, bro. This is all you. 
Dramatist of the Year, and I have right here the Making Laps pot. We're not on video anymore, but I have the popcorn bucket trophy right here. Oh, I bumped. A dramatist is someone who writes plays, so this is probably very good because it is quite the story. Okay, so I'm going to. So go let me give you the nominees. Hang on, hang on, I'm going to go through my nominees. If you have any other ones, oh yes, feel, go first. Go you ahead. can feel free to add some in. All right, here's my nominees. Now, by the way, Dramatist of the Year is for creating the most drama through sh uh, stupidity, ignorance, or sheer fuckery. Now, my nominees are the Adirondack Speedway IT team for posting a 12-page story. Jesse will go into this later. Yeah. Okay, I'll let Jesse go into that one. <laughs> go ahead. Do the other nominations then, other than that one. Okay, I got two more. I think it's ARCA driver, Tony Bridinger. For nuking competitor Rich Garvey on Twitter after an on-track incident, instead of discussing it, she posted his mugshot and an article where he was arrested for fraud, basically putting him on blast in public. And then finally, Alex Pillow, IndyCar driver, for signing with two different teams at once and getting sued by the team he races for. Oh, All right. I oh by one. the way, it's uh, to finish with Brent's last one, he also... Not only not only was that number one unprecedented, mm -hmm. number two, he he signed with the team Ganassi. He will be racing with Ganassi through twenty twenty four. So he's signing with the team that sued him, so he can drop the lawsuit. Obviously, right. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Why don't okay, you go so, into? No, the... Phil wanted to do oh, something. Phil can go, go ahead. first. I, yeah, I've got sorry. two, and they're related. Oh, go ahead. Not not like related like you guys, but so. Kyle Busch and Richard Childress. That's a good one. Oh, that God. was on my nomination. Kyle Busch for not signing the fucking contract he was handed back in July. And Bet he wants that back. Yeah, I, I would want that back. Yeah, and Richard Childress for saying that Tyler Reddick is going to get a ride, and we all knew it was never going to happen. No. Jesse, why don't you go into the Adirondack IT team? Because this is just this is the winner this is an obvious winner and this is a tale and i need a water so you go right go ahead, ahead uh strap in buckle up because this is uh quite the story okay so adirondack motorsports park has an almost one mile asphalt true oval with medium banking it had think of like a bigger oxford plains or the late langhorn speedway of yesteryear the property also hosts like mud events and exhibitions it's located in Lowville in upstate New York. Uh, upstate New York is everywhere uh, north of New York City, which is the southernmost point of New York, in case you're a geography expert. The, the owner is a man by Paul, named by Paul Lindacker. He also uh, has uh, works with the promoter. Uh, the promoter's name is uh, Eric Young IV. And the Facebook admin is a woman named Tori. And this is where the trouble begins. After not posting anything for over a year, the quote new owners were announced on May 16th with big plans for the 2023 season. Some comments are supportive. Some comments related to the owners called it fake news. And some comments are downright uh, deleted. On May 19th, the Facebook admin wrote an uh, absolute encyclopedia post to quote, put quote unquote rumors to bed this was amazing by the way this is in an effort to though so they state quote in an effort to end the rumors and totally false statements being made by paul lindacker 
the previous owner, he's currently in foreclosure. And his engaged minions that are being used to promote ill will and falsehoods toward the new owners and contracted entities. We would like to give you a brief explanation of the events leading up to this moment. Total vigilantism. I love it. One year ago, Paul Lindecker entered into a purchase agreement with the new owners. After the first several months and tons of money spent in work to contract the to repair the infrastructure and make improvements, Paul Lindecker tried his famous back shuffle to get rid of the owners and keep their money. This was not the first duplicitous attempt to defraud and mislead buyers. To all the people that have been defrauded, used by Paul Lindacker over the years for services and money he was always agreed to repay or make good on and never will, you will understand what the owners are going through. They go on into that end quote. And they go on into uh, they go into detail about foreclosure proceedings, threats to bodily harm and destruction of the speedway. Uh, so, and they, and they continue with quote, Eric, enter Eric Young, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth again, <laughs> a promoter that was unscrupulous and refused to provide the facility with the required permits and insurance to hold an event at the speedway. He was a fly by the seat of your pants promoter and fit the mode of what Paul Lindacker needed to rape the land and property Ooh. for financial gain with no recourses. Rape, dude. Hard language. That is when the new owners discovered that a death occurred and several accidents had occurred during Young's events. Even after the DEC and County of Lewis issued a cease and desist order, Eric Young and Paul Lindecker refused to stop the illegal events and the death occurred. Legal action is currently pending against the Speedway and Eric and Paul individually. And at the end of this post will be the attorney's names and contacts info to confirm the facts. Also, these uh, end quote, uh, all these uh, quote, all the, all the links and everything yeah. you can't access without going through a paymail. Oh, the through paywall. a paywall. Yeah. Oh, and also <laughs> no comments were allowed. Yeah, they shut everything off. was shut down. <sighs> I'm actually okay. looking up Adirondack Speedway on Twitter, so go right ahead. Okay, so May 24th, the page op- uh, posted an image of Michael Corleone with the words, "Put me in a room with the same people that talk shit about me and watch how friendly they become." I mean, that's professional as fuck, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, swear in the Facebook post. That's not professional. And have a, at all. a boomer tough guy post. Also, Michael Corleone never said any of that in any of the Godfather movies, not even Godfather 3. Okay. No. Which, awful. Uh, let's see. Also, on May 24th, he just posted another image with the words the same people that did you wrong are telling you a different version of the story and are playing the victim. Whatever. Again, on May 24th, there's another book post stating. Uh, that events held by Paul and Eric are not allowed at the property and they don't have insurance or permits. The page tells people not to go to these events. Okay, can you think of a racetrack page that tells people not to go to the events? Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's the the IT team hijacks, hijacks the Facebook page and just uses it to talk complete shit on people and it's, it's like do you really think you're getting a, a positive message across you're going to be out of a job even if it is a, even if you're not getting paid you're not going to get another job doing this that's for damn sure no 
So I they... had never actually heard about Adirondack until after I moved back to Florida. So I thought this was like another Weber Valley Speedway situation where it was just a complete meme post. Well, what's funny is that it's actually a real place, and it actually looks like a lot of fun. It's a tiny little track. It's almost a mile. Really? Yeah, it's look... almost a mile. It's a bigger track. It doesn't look that big. It's a bigger track. They're, they used to hold. Uh, they used to hold uh, Bush North races there. It's a bigger. It's a true oval. It's a. It's almost a circle. It does look like a. Is it kind of like a Trenton type of thing? Like a Langhorn. Oh, Langhorn. That's yeah. what I was looking for. I'm sorry. Trenton was the weird I, dog. So, leg. yeah, I think you're talking about the big outline, not the little track. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's clearly a track that used to be there. There's walls existing and all that, but it's covered in dirt now. Right. The courts were delayed by COVID and getting rid of the current owner and. Funny, I thought, you know, since these new owners were previously announced, they posted, you know, the page also posted pictures of police reports and emails with intended sale with the all too important bits blacked out with a Sharpie. And uh, continuing, uh, May 26th, the call is made to stop, quote, lies and hatred. June 6th, more lies and slander. Paul and Eric are stealing money from their owners and are being sued by an injured woman and the man who died during the mud events, Paul B. Ousted. He owes $2 million for the mortgage lender or whatever, being sued left or right. So going now we're going towards the, the, the apogee of this story. June 25th, an event is held. The page is not happy. The page calls it a bust, and the promoters are idiots for holding it during the fair weekend. Most of the claims of the promoters' lack of permits and insurance, the, quote, new owners have decided to rename the place also. In the same post, they decided to rename it. Guess what? In New York, New England Raceway and Motor Park. It's not New England. It's not New England. <laughs> New York is not New England. New York is very much not in New England. Listen, we got enough no. problems from friggin' Bridgeport to Boston. We got enough problems. We don't need New York's crazy bitch ass here, too. No, okay? they can be their own thing like California. Fuck no, off. No, and that is not lost on anybody in the comment section whatsoever, which is good. Uh, members of the current management team at this point have had enough. There's a post by Brian Swank, who's related to uh, the owners and also has to do work with them and stuff and so this is the most this is one psychological woman who can't handle life she is literally throwing a fit that she couldn't steal the track for herself with no money paul hired uh paul hired to help and she and her husband gutted the track from the stage that was built to any extra wiring absolute scumbags please report to page it's not real obviously events keep happening there and pretty sure every event there at the event last weekend wasn't a flop either also nascar no way shape or form is coming there they don't even have a bush north league no more plus the pack of that track would have to be repaved and millions of dollars upgrades this weasel doesn't have to and also i forgot to mention she doesn't own the place hey can i give a little bit of credit to a commenter on this page called daniel brown okay Okay. He commented on one of their posts with, I think, what everybody has been thinking about these people. He says, maybe you should stop posting ridiculous, quote, updates like this. And they post them out by name by saying Tory. They are as unprofessional as anything I have seen. If the track truly is in court proceedings and is changing hands, let that be handled behind closed doors. And when it is finalized, the new owners should move forward in a respectful, professional manner. This crap you post makes you look like a vindictive, trivial, obsessed, and semi-illiterate grade schooler. 
That's Thank funny. you, Daniel. Appreciate that. So Eric Young uh, finally pipes up. He says, that's funny because I hosted past events, weekends, and mud events, and people from Maine to South Carolina attended. It was packed. We even posted the insurance and Lewis County permits, the frame of the table where every person signed a two-part waiver entering the track. I've been in contact with both the, Paul, with the, with the owner, Paul, and the lien holder, Orson. For months, you'll never own the Speedway or any of that land. Your lives and thieving in this county are worse than any of I deal with. You've destroyed the infrastructure of the track, so we can't do racing anymore. You cost Paul hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages to the equipment you tore out, and you cost me personally thousands of dollars of my stuff you gave away. You are not welcome or not wanted. If anyone has any questions about the place, feel free to message me. I won't let uh, post the pictures of the insurance and permit here, and I'll be happy to show them. So then he posts a link to the Adirondacks uh, Speedway's real page with a link to the town and permits of the current insurance. Final post, everyone. Next day, June 26th. Oh, so am I this, on that one yet? Hang on. So this page has one more blog post about Paul lose the track soon, not paying his bills. I got one from July 26th, by the way. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, is that what you're on? Yeah, June 26th, I think. Oh, okay. I got July 26th here. No, maybe that's where it is. All right. So the, the, it says that Paul's losing a track, not paying his bills. It'll be settled in court. Is that July 26th, Brent? I may have mistyped it. <laughs> and the owners are will step away from, and the new, quote, owners will step away from posting other decisions made. The comment section is a little people tired of this trailer park nonsense. Eric Young posts another link of the real page. In conclusion, this whole mess is from a woman named Tori with her husband, were hired to work at a track. They fucked the whole place up, and they were fired. They were trying to get the track through some kind of hostile takeover, but didn't have money to buy the track. The court documents of the foreclosure list the foreclosure settled. There are no new owners. There are no lawsuits of injury and death against Paul Lindacker or Eric Young. Off-road and drift events have been run regularly and successfully through Paul Lindacker and Eric Young. Their permits or insurance are actually squared away. Tori from Adirondack Speedway, you win our Trashy Drama Queen of the Year award, and I, I'm exhausted. Uh, that was a roller coaster. So <laughs> holy shit! I hadn't updated myself on the recent happenings. I honestly, I don't think that we can call this the Dramatist of the Year award. It now has to be the Adirondack International Speedway Dramatist of the Year award. Yes. There's nothing more Good drama in, dr- entrenched than this place and their Facebook page. We thought we thought the Speed Bowl was bad. The Speed no. Bowl is peanuts no. compared to this place. Speed Bowl is great and wonderful. It's a lovely, clean facility compared to this fucking this place. This is garbage. Holy is cow! So I have. I would love to race at that place now. I have the gilded popcorn yeah. bucket. Too bad, because she and her husband ruined the shit. So <laughs> they only could do drift and mud events now until they get enough money to recoup. So I have the gilded popcorn bucket. Making laps podcast drama magnet this year goes to Adirondack International Speedway. Please, I know you're not very bright. Don't try to eat the popcorn. It is shellacked. It is never going to be fit for human consumption. I figured I'd put that out there for you. All right, moving on. Boy, that was a roller coaster, but you can see why they were chosen as dramatists of the year. By the way, their Facebook page is still up. The other one's up too, and it's way really better. There's another page. Well, there's there's the real page too. 
Oh, I didn't even know where the real page was because I found the, uh, the like I said before, official page, quote unquote, but it was all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But no. that was what I probably was reading because you were probably reading from the actual page and I was reading from the uh, fake one, probably. No, you're no, See, you're reading from the fake one, Brent. The real one just posts mud events and stuff. The uh, the one that Eric Young posted in a comic entry. Yeah, I I yeah. posted from the fake page. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was looking up. Okay. All right, I'm gonna move on. This one is one that Phil's gonna love. Worst victory lane interview statement. Oh. This is given out to <laughs> the worst canned response in every victory lane interview. Here we go. All right. Ooh, ooh. I have one. Can I give it? Yes. I yes. guarantee you it's on my list. I did what I had to do. That is number two on my list. <laughs> I got another one. Okay, go ahead. I didn't want to have to do it that way. That is number three on my list. <laughs> Phil hasn't seen these ahead of let time either. Me, He's let good. me give you one more. All right, let's see. I hated to have to do it. I thought that was the same thing as like the other two, but you know, whatever. I guess. All right, I I had three. Phil already guessed my two, but here's my three. Quote: I can't thank my team, and then I put in parentheses enough because usually people forget the enough and they say I can't thank my team, which I find hilarious. Oh, yeah. That is bad. That's pretty bad. I did what I had to do to win. There you go. And I don't like to race that way, but... <laughs> so which one is the but worst? I decided to race that way. Yeah, but if you ever, in your victory lane speech, say, oh, I, don't, I really hate to race that way, but I blank. That you know what but I mean? is, yeah. That means, if you ever say but, that means that you did mean to race that way because you did race that way. And if you didn't want to race that way, then you wouldn't have. So shut up. Stop trying to make yourself look better. All right, which one wins that award for worst victory lane interview statement? All encompassing. All of the above win that one. All right, we'll move. <laughs> we'll move on. There you go. All right, that I'm they all you. suck. All right, so everybody's I have... a winner because they're a loser. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Nobody wins. Everyone loses. So I have next award surprise of the year. Something you just didn't see coming. All right, I have I, I, I have, have a good one. I have three nominees. We can go around the table and give our nominees. All right. Okay, Brent. Go I'll first. give my three. First one, hiring of Sean Foster as GM at the Speed Bowl. Never saw that coming. Mark Jennison winning both the Seaconk Late Model and Pro Stock titles in the same year. Also. And Ross Chastain's rim job at Martinsville. <laughs> okay. Probably shouldn't say that out loud, but anyway. Phil, what's yours? I was just going to say track house racing in general. That's, nobody... also, that's also good because they did get wins out of both cars. Bob Proctor yeah, didn't see that coming. nobody expected them to come out of nowhere. Jeff Gluck didn't see that coming. Jeff Gluck, I think, said that they were going to be yeah, the biggest disappointment. Jeff. Yeah. And they ended up finishing second in points. And 10th. Second and 10th, yeah. Um, Jimmy Johnson. Coming back to NASCAR with uh Oh, buying into GMS Petty. Yeah, buying into that GMS I didn't Petty. expect. At all. Never saw that coming. Alex Pillow being sued by Chip Ganassi. Alex Pillow being sued by his own team. Yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't think he'd make it on the list twice. A Haas F one car being on the pole for a race. Yeah, the first time an American team made it on the pole since what, nineteen seventy five? I wanna say. Did you I don't see know. how don't know. he ended up winning that poll, though? 
Um, I know this that is like it the was the only one un- that got a real lap. I know that it was unconventional because okay. it wasn't an actual flying lap. It was some kind of sprint race thing. But no, anyway. it was it was before the sprint race. Oh, okay, I had no idea. But he he just it, wet conditions. He was the only one that made a lap before they switched to intermediates, and then everybody was just slow. Oh, okay then. But anyway, uh, anybody got any more surprise of the year nominees? Nope. nope. All right. Well, we got to come up with a uh, winner here. I I do have one. Okay. Wilkesboro getting the All Star race. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's even a though really we good all one. thought it. Like it would eventually happen. Nobody thought they were going to cancel the dirt races and go straight. Hey, we're going all star race, rebuild the facility, keep the old pavement. Yeah, that's a big surprise. Even just racing in general coming back there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge surprise. But have tickets. Can't wait. Oh, you got tickets? That's awesome. Sweet. We're going up for the pro late and super late races and staying in the camper on the back stretch for the rest of it. Nice. That's really cool. If I'm gonna uh, give, I'm stoked. all right. If I'm gonna give my winner, I think it, you got to give it to Jenison, because the guy actually he, he, it was historic. Like no one's ever done that. Two championships, yeah. two separate divisions, in one year, and they're both the state title in Massachusetts for yeah. those divisions. Jenison is a guy I wish I could have had a chance to race against up there because he's a badass. He's just a regular dude. Just a blue collar dude. Yep. So that was that's a huge surprise to me. I like giving it to local guys. If We're I'm gonna right. have to give it to them. I mean, that's good. I mean, the Chastain thing was surprising and also historic, but uh, it was a know. flash in the pan, like historic. I because, think Jenison's required more effort. <laughs> you know, especially when he got junked literally the race before and had to go back out there after racing and do it all over again. Yeah. And he still did it. So after being upside down. <laughs> well, he never went completely upside down. Close enough. It was close enough. <laughs> he had the car holding him up against the wall. He couldn't flip over. So, yeah, I guess we're going to have to hand the surprise of the year to Mark Jennison. Congrats to Mark on winning his first Making Labs podcast award. Yeah, I think the two championships probably mean more. <laughs> so we'll just give him that one. All right. Here's a good a pat one. on the back. Here's a good one. Everybody can think of their own nominee, but I'm going to give two here for now. The Kyle Busch Winer of the Year Award. Here we go. I have two nominees and some backstories. First nominee, Max Verstappen. For <laughs> I love Max. I hate him. For complaining, I love him. nope, I hate him for uh, for complaining on the radio nonstop without merit about anything and everything his fellow drivers do. He even complained that the Aston Martin safety car was too slow, and all the while being one of the most highly paid crybabies in all of motorsports, making a reported fifty five zero million dollars a year. Also, here's a He's fun a fact: of his father. Yes, his father is an absolute shitbag. He was an abused child. Yep, and he never broke the cycle. Uh, He's Formula One Ty Gibbs. He he is, except with less abuse. Uh, also, during the second-to-last race of the year, which just happened, he said this after his team asked him to let his teammate Sergio Perez by, not for the race lead, not even for, I don't think it was even a podium. Uh, it was just for a couple points. Because Max had already won the title and Perez needed the points to secure P2 in the points. 
His pit box says, Max, let Checo through, please. No answer. They reply, Max, what happened? Verstappen says, I told you already last time. You guys don't ask me that again. Or don't ask that again to me, okay? Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and I stand by it. Somebody on Twitter went and listed every single instance that Sergio Perez managed to do something so that Max could gain top points or as many points as possible and win him a championship, okay, for the last two years. And it was like double-digit things in many different races that he did for Max as a teammate to help him win the title. Welcome to Formula One. Max wouldn't even move over to give him a point so that he could help him secure his own teammate second place in points and help his own stupid manufacturer. That's how big of an asshole he is. He might as well put him in the wall like Ty Gibbs did. Right. (laughs) Now, second on my list is Ty Gibbs. For for punting multiple drivers out of the way, some of which for wins, and after getting punted at Martinsville early in the season, punches Sam Mayer in a post-race confrontation when Mayer did literally the same thing to him that he's done to other people. Then, when his own teammate tried to race his way into the championship four at the same track later in the year, Gibbs wrecked him won the race, did burnouts on his grave, and then compared himself to Jesus after getting booed for hours on end after the race by lingering fans who even booed his trailer. <laughs> Anybody else have any nominees for Weiner? Martin Truex of- Jr. for oh, just being boy. himself. Martin Truex could literally win this award every year just for being himself. He could row his boat to the racetrack on the river of his tears. <laughs> Fucking guy, just shut up. They call it a bitch button for a reason. Yep. God, I can't. He was an honorable mention, but I have to, you know, offer it up to these two guys. Just you have a whiner that's even worse than that. No, I don't. (sighs) Boy, it is tough, but I'm giving it to Max Verstappen just because he's paid way more than Ty Gibbs. Max wins again. And, yep, he wins even being a bitch. I don't mind so much that he's a bitch because he actually drives his ass off. He and has he's a the damn best good driver. I'm sorry, but in Formula One, the car accounts for about ninety percent of it, so I'm not giving him anything. I agree, but I would like to see him in something else. I bet he'd be just as good. No, he wouldn't. Let's see him when he moves up to IndyCar. Who gives a shit about Formula One? No, that's where Danny. Oh no, wait, Danny Rick's going to Red Bull. I have no idea, but I hope Ricardo actually lands somewhere good because Danny Ricardo is one of the few characters in Formula One that I actually like. Him and Lando Norris are great. Hold on, let me Daniel Ricardo. I really hope that Danny Rick does land somewhere. He, I would I'd love to see him come to NASCAR because he's an Aussie who's a freaking NASCAR fan. That's why do you think he's number three? It's Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> he loved it. All right. Jesse, do you have any awards that I don't have? Do you have like a quote of the year? Or I do like have that? a quote of the year. All right. I do. We have the nominees here. We have um, uh, we have the one where uh, Bill Venturini called Drew Dollar. Great kid. Does not need to be a race car driver. Okay. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> His diatribe, the whole thing was amazing. He laid into that kid. That's cold as ice. It is cold. Uh, we have our fa- one of our favorites, Ryan Priest on Carson Horseface Facade. All you kids watching right now, wanting to get to this level, don't do that. Don't. There's a reason why we made these as sounds, because 
They're excellent quotes. Oh, I love uh, AJ Allmendinger also. I absolutely fucking hate this racing. That's <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> That's the realest shit I've ever heard. We too. have Jeb Burton uh, channeling his inner ward. I will beat. I will wreck the dog fuck out of you. I have no idea who's f- talking about. Dog he was fucking. talking about that to Noah Gregson after they had a. No, no, I show. know, I know that, but I'm saying, why would you want to talk about dogs fucking? That's just weird. I have no I, idea. That's a ward thing, you know. I heard is. that Noah is actually the one that initiated that. With the, yes, he did. The, I'll I'll wreck the dog fuck out of you, and jeb came back well i'll wreck the dog fuck back out of you or some shit like that well with this tone i could see it yeah but the best quote of the year has to go to uh uh let's see uh dora bumper clear has a segment where listeners call in uh called reaction theater i mean we have actually leave them messages we have the same technology and i've had it since the show started but we've never used it right nobody loves us except for adam (laughs) gata Yeah. Which we love back. I think Ryan Waterman did it once. I got to give him credit. <laughs> and then our 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 Seekonka Oh yeah, Sean Miner did as well. There. So, yeah, Jesse uh, Ryan Waterman said hi. By the way, yeah, I see that he's up for an award later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's Jesse's nominee on something. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Dorb on episode two fifty nine. This is the uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't remember which race this was. Uh, play it anyway. But you know what? This is a reaction theater thing, and it is gold. This guy entertains himself a lot. You yeah. can yeah. tell. You can tell. Yeah. Man, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Ross Chastain sucked off the leprechaun in the offseason. <laughs> Jesus. The dude's doing his best Bob Barker impersonation, playing Plinko through the entire damn field. His front end's more fixed up than Whitney Dillon's, yet he's finding a way to finish in the top Jesus. five. Battling for the lead. What in the hell is going on? (laughs) Please give me this guy's phone number. (laughs) He said he sucked off a leprechaun. There is three or four settings in this one. (laughs) Oh, my God. That guy was funny. That's the funniest guy's ever called in. I don't know what to say about that one. Oh, my God. That's a good one. I wonder Uh, if he's even drank anything. Oh. That's a damn good quote. You, sir, won the quote of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So, random DBC caller, you get our quote of the year. Congratulations. All right. Who do we ship it to? Freddy Kraft? Uh, We'll just keep it. Fuck it. (laughs) We paid for it. We're not giving it if we don't know your name. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost of Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt Jr. (laughs) Whatever. Hell with it. We'll keep it. The ghost of Dale Earnhardt Jr. All right. When he dies, <laughs> no. Do we have anybody for worst nickname? Because I don't have anybody. I'll have worst year. nickname. What about best nickname? You got that? I mean, I got best nicknames, maybe. You know, I mean, gotta love Joe T- uh, Jimmy Blewett. I mean, he was a Showtime. He had a, you know, the, the he won some races. He had a great year in the seven part time with, uh, with Tommy Baldwin. He definitely had a show with uh, Doug Kobe at Thompson in the 300. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, teammate getting together. He also had a Showtime sprint across the track after J.B. Fortin. Yep. J.B. Yep. Fortin. Yeah. Yep. You got to have, uh, <laughs> let's see where we got to have, uh, you know, our our good man, the 350 super guy, Sparky MacGyver. Yeah, but that's actually his name. That's actually his name. You know, there's Superman Jonathan Davenport. You know, he won all those races and he won $2 million almost this year. 
I believe big, he's, he's also up for driver of the year. Yep, big money Matt, also up for driver of the year. 29 wins. That's big money. In just one year. But I think the... Uh, I think the award, my award, goes to A.J. Elmendinger because he has numerous ones. He's the dinger. He's Almondinger Ding Dong. What? Almond Joy. <laughs> uh, the Almond Ringer for Road Course Ringer. And also Adderalmendinger. Oh, too too soon. So who wins that one? I think it's A.J. We'll give it to A.J. for best (laughs) nickname. All right. Best actual name is definitely Sparky MacGyver. We can't not give it to him. That's right. (laughs) So there, we'll give him that. All right, I got a few nominees here. Most improved driver, just based on what we've seen. I'm not going on stats at all, by the way. Um, this was, I think Definitely we had like, me. we had like one national guy and then we had a bunch of like Stafford people just cause we can watch them weekly. <laughs> well, I mean, the Waterford guys were the same, so yeah, we didn't really see much change in Waterford, did we? No, wasn't change. Nah, not really. And Thompson runs too few races and Thompson does th- too much no parodies and it's just like everybody else there is the same as well. So it's like, well. Nothing really so we all there, could so. agree on Ross Chastain being a you know a candidate you know obviously because he had a great year finished second in points three wins I mean come yeah. on uh, Tyler Reddick is the same way he was most real real stout this year oh yeah same you know. almost the same amount of wins too yeah. right yeah. Uh, oh no he had three wins I think Ross had what three yeah. as well right yeah local drivers uh, I got Amanda West she had she was running up front quite a bit there. In the SKR. Holding her own a lot better. Very good year this year. Troy Tallman came out of, like, nowhere. Yeah, he had a great year. Uh, Marcello Rufano. Yep. Won his first race uh, up front every single week. Bobby Stark the third won five goddamn races. Yeah, he did. Um, any other ones? <laughs> I mean, we're hitting, the, we're hitting the points on the head here. I mean, Travis Downey was pretty good. He picked up a bunch as well. Yeah, a much improved from last year. Yeah, you know? I mean, you could you could really make an argument for all the girls in the SK Lights at Stafford, Cassandra Cole, Amanda West, Meg Fuller were all regularly. Yeah, they were in that. They were upper top five battling every race. Yeah, they were regularly just better across the board. So yeah, I think I, I think honestly, out of those, if I was going to give it based on just those three, I'd give it to Cassandra Cole because she was just complete trash a few years ago, and now she's running inside the top five and. I think a lot of that might have to do with them going over to Spafco stuff, too. Did they go to Spafco? I think they did. At some point they did. I'm not sure where they are now. But, well, but I, I mean, it, I mean, in racing, you're only as good as the people around you sometimes. So, I mean, that could have been said for me in 2016 at Thompson. Yeah. You guys always had good help with your dad. Your dad was a smart motherfucker, so... Well, he was an engineer for thirty years. He knew yeah. how shit worked. He was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And he was he was mint on finding shit. He could find anything he needed to learn on the internet. He was really yeah. good at it. He had binders full of stuff. All right, so who do we want to give most improved to? I want to give it to Bobby Sturk. Yeah, I could give it to Bobby. He, yeah. he had some bad luck, but yeah, I mean, come on, I, he came. I was kind of between him and uh, Upside Downy. Well, Bobby won a bunch more, let's be fair. <laughs> Travis was good, too, but I think Bobby was just overall better. He just didn't get the finishes he could have had. 
because right. he had issues like breakdowns. I mean, I, yeah, I don't really have a clear cut winner, so whatever you guys want to go with, I'm I'm behind you. They're all approved, and they did. I'll really give it to Bob. Seasons. I'll give it to Bobby Stark the third, just because street stocks are the best. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to him. All right, we also can't got, argue with that. We also got nominees. All right, if you guys want to jump in with some nominees here, I've got worst luck. <laughs> These are all Stafford people. Uh, Derek Debus, he won the title last year and ended up like tenth in points this year, being involved in like every wreck imaginable. Not of his fault either. Bobby Sturck the third could have won the title with five wins, but had terrible luck breaking parts and getting involved in nonsense. Yep. Also, stuff not of his fault. And Nicholas Hovey. Let's just. Also. I think we're just going to give it to Nick Hovey, right? It, it's the Nick Hovey Award this year. <laughs> this is the Nick Hovey Award. Oh, that poor bastard. Oh, my God. What an awful year he had. He had, like, he got the one win in the SK Light at Waterford. But I was going to say, he finally got that monkey off his back, but everything else was a disaster. Everything else was a complete disaster. A lot of it not of his fault either. Pretty much most all of it was not even his fault. I I see they registered uh, the number 16 at, I believe, at Stafford for Walt. Yeah, I've seen that, and I'm like, That's going to be. Huh? The, those boys are going to learn what rough racing is. I love Walt, Walt so much. He Walt, is old school. Walter's going to put it to him, and I can't wait. He, I, he is someone I only got to race against him one time at Thompson, and it was just so damn much fun. There's going to be a lot of blue paint. Jesse spent a lot of time <laughs> racing a against lot Walter. Of blue paint. He spent a lot of time That's trading okay. paint with that blue 16 oh, car. So cool. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. It's I want to see him do well just for the old yep. school guys. This will be good. Him, him, Jason Lafayette, and Adrian Paradise battling for the win. Oh, they're just, it's just be... going to be a fireball coming out of turn four. They're all just, just <laughs> all you'll see is a tire rolling down the, down the track. You know how the Tasmanian devil spins and it looks like a tornado. Yeah. That's all you're going to see. And you're just going to see tires flying out of it. With oh, those three. Just <laughs> imagining that. I wish I could throw Adam Gray into that mix too. <laughs> it would be hilarious. All right. Yeah. Get yourself a Flow subscription or get yourself a season ticket to Stafford Motor Speedway next year because they're available now. Uh, For no other reason than to watch the street stocks. Come on. The street stocks are the best. Come on out. Seriously. Absolutely. All right. Now, I've got one for wreck of the year. Oh, boy. We could, oh, by the way, the last category, we could have uh, we could have had Josh Carey as an honorable mention, too. Yeah, he was an honorable mention. For, <laughs> he had a miserable For worst luck. He turned a car over and then wrecked Again? the backup car, but I'm not really going to say most of that was luck, so he didn't make the list. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Hope yeah. no one heard that out loud. I, I, have uh, an, I have one that we could have added for dramatists, but I forgot. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Todd Doulard for throwing a hissy fit over his number. Because he oh. didn't race all year. So he didn't get his number and he got all pissed about it? Yeah. Does he forget how this works? Rules are the same for everybody, <laughs> They've bud. never changed. They've always been this way. Moving on. All right. Wreck of the year. If you guys know of any that I don't mention, please fill me in. Go for it, brother. You're on it. I witnessed this one personally. Derek Griffith flipping at New Hampshire Motor Speedway after contact with Tyler Tomasi going into turn one during their heat race. At the Northeast Classic, I was standing on the back of Jesse's truck watching this, and I threw my hands in the air like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that was early in the year, too. And that was, it was April. Like, what that was, was, it? was that? 
Oh, we could have put Derek Griffith in for worst luck of the year as well. I think he went through a few cars and a few that weren't even his. Yeah. Uh, let's see. David Macha Sr. flipping his street stock roof first into the turn four wall at Stafford. Ugly wreck. There's no I other way. I to... watched a man die. There was no other <laughs> way to call that but ugly. That's that was an ugly. Ugly wreck. That I was mean, awful. Griffith's wreck was pretty bad. That was goddamn bad. That was bad, but Macha topped him. That was ugly. There's a difference between bad and ugly. Speaking Any time a car goes into the, the wall roof first is sketch. It's bad news. I've only ever seen it a couple times, and it's always Or a bad. truck. We really should wait to do these at the actual end of the year because the Snowball Derby always provides some pretty spectacular wrecks. Too. Yeah, like that truck that went into the catch fence and ripped the roof off it and the guy almost yeah. got killed. Yeah. I'm not waiting until November, December, though. The hell with it. We're it's done only here. a couple weeks away. Hey, yeah. they could be part. They could be a part of our show next year. Yeah, we we usually lump yeah. them into the next season. Now here's another nominee: Bryce Hogeberg and Buddy Kofoid, the Arca wreck at the Springfield Mile on the dirt. Ooh. When Kofoid hit a stopped car of Hogeberg, sending him flipping on that dirt track. He pushed his poo in so far. It he made smashed a him. And I don't know what the officials were doing. They did. They should have thrown the yellow. They couldn't see through the. They couldn't see through the dust cloud either. Because Hogeberg was below him. It, it was right below the flagman, and Hogeberg yeah. had problems, and he was coming to a stop, and he hit a high point in the track, and he high centered the car and got stuck. And here come the leaders, and they fucking killed him. I'm like, holy shit! They, they hit knocked him hard. his fuel cell through his oil pan. He hit him so hard. I'm like, that was a. That, that shit was measured on the Richter scale. That was such a. Big wreck. All right. And then I my last one so far is so far. the three-car wreck between Cole Butcher, William Swalish, and Austin Nason, and they piled up in the white flag of the All-American 400 at Nashville. That was the one we mentioned earlier where Nason's car spun backwards and was going so fast the air lifted his car up from the back. It looked like a Talladega wreck, and all three of them went into the wall hard. Butcher went into the turn one wall head-on as did Nason when he came back down, and Sawalich backed in hard, destroying all three cars in that wreck. I believe Sawalich even had a concussion, was out for another race, and had to have a replacement driver. Big wreck. Anybody got any add-ons? I have a winner. Okay. Uh, the street oh, I forgot about crash. that. Yeah, I forgot about that one. The street stock that, that went Winchester. out of the park. The yep. st- yeah. Damn it, I forgot his name, though. Street stock, he got pinched into the wall at Winchester? Got up on two wheels and left the ballpark and flipped out into the field. Oh, that was a big one! And then the whole entire the pit wall. area started running for the for the car. And then you see Fatty trying to climb the banking and get and up and over like, the wall. Nah, this ain't for me. And then he just stopped. He's like, "Yeah, they got it. He uh, couldn't get. It. He couldn't no. get over the wall." That was funny. So. I'm not helping. I'm hurting here. That Damn one. it! I just thought of another one for dramatist of the year. <laughs> Honorable mention is. Who's that slap fuck that uh, wrecked Copsick at Stafford and then tried to fight him? Daniel Weapon. Daniel Weapon. Yes, him. He's up for an He's award. He's up for an award, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. We'll get to him later. Dumbass of the year? Is that one? Weapon, maybe. Uh-huh. All right, so who wins this one? Because that's a tough one. Machas <sighs> is just ugly. Uh, the guy going out of the park is like, that. you never I- see cars go out of the park. No, I think especially as big as that one did. That kid, that guy was lucky too, because that was a home built. Cody chassis. Ware. 
Oh, Cody Ware's hit was big too. Oh, oh that's such a hard hit. I think it was the hardest, Ooh. the highest measured frontal impact in one of those cars or something it's like, like that. Fifty three G's. God, that yeah. one. That one was bad. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to stay local though, because David Machas was probably the most frightening out yeah, of all yeah, of them. Because you look rough. at the car, you look at the car that went out of the park, and aside from the body coming off, it was actually relatively intact. You look the at GoPro could have won Dramatist of the Year. It definitely could have. Um, all the guys in the All American Four Hundred wreck, they were okay. The guys in the Arca wreck, those cars just folded up. They were all okay. I think we should give the award to the Islip Three Hundred just for being a wreck. Just, <laughs> just for being a giant rolling wreck for three hundred laps of wreck. God, that was such a shit show. I turned it off and went somewhere else until I heard him say I mean, twenty-five to go. Derek Griffith's wreck was bad too. It was really bad. Yeah. I think we give it to Macha. What okay. do you think? I'm, I'm behind you. I think so. Go All ahead. right. We'll we're going to keep it local. We're going to give it to David Macha Sr. for wreck of the year. Jesus, this is taking forever. <laughs> this might be a two-parter. I told you we're going to be two and a half hours. This might be a two-parter. God damn it. All right. I gave the I did this award last year, and I had a bunch of different nominees. This year, I only have one. It's the give it away award when you have a shot at the title and fuck it up royally and basically give it away. I was actually a nominee last year because of how badly I fucked up in the last race of the year. This Ray year, Christian actually made it happen this year. So. Yep, he's not a nominee this year. I have one nominee. It's Chase Belcher for driving into Mark Jennison at Seekonk, wrecking him across the line, and getting thrown out for aggressive driving, handing the title to Jennison. I don't care how much he denied it. He did it. End of story. Gave it away. You gave it away. You win the give it away award. I, I have a, a honorable mention. Okay. Uh, is it Tommy Adams, I think? Oh. For I've wrecking Kenny Spencer when all he had to do was just finish behind Kenny Spencer. And he would have transferred, him. yeah, so he gave it away. Dumbass. That's an honorable mention, but that wasn't for the title, so. No, but it, I mean... It's probably good... would have come down to they were fast enough. Probably might have come down to him. All right, that was gonna, a good. It was a good one. I think I'm going to start cutting awards here because this is going to get too long. I had one for burnout of the year, but I'm like, eh, who cares? If you guys want to hear Ray what, Downing Jr., he's not there. Oh, different kind of burnout. <laughs> yeah, wrong kind of burnout guy. Um, we could do that later if you want. Just do you have any ones that I don't have? Uh, no, we just have the Darfin of the year and the Weapon of the year and the Driver of the year. Okay, so let's go to Weapon of the year. Okay. Weapon of the year, guys. Here we go. My nominees. We have Tyler Tomasi uh, on Derek Griffin. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Ross Chastain for crashing uh, Kyle Busch in the all-star race. Uh, running over him. Running over top of him, yeah. Almost. Where are we getting there? Uh, let's see. Daniel Weapon uh, spitting into Kopsik's face and then getting the shit kicked out of him. Pretty much, yeah. Ross Chastain for uh, smashing Denny Hamlin at Gateway. <laughs> that was um, pretty weapon. Uh, let's see. Ryan Waterman on Jason Chocolas after Jason Chocolas had the audacity to pass him clean for the lead on a restart. Where, uh, where was that? Thompson, the World Series. I'm so far back, I couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ross Chastain uh, crashing. <laughs> <laughs> Chase uh, Elliott at Gateway also. Oh, yes. Uh, let's see. Ryan Waterman's brother, Troy, in the seven, uh, crashing the 22 car in the uh, open street stock race at the World Series. So they, it's actually kind of a two for nominee, I'd say, for that. Okay. I, I, um, I like 
I like Troy a lot, but I would like to give it to him only because he's the scariest person I've ever raced against. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Ross Chastain on uh, Denny <laughs> Hamlin at Atlanta. Uh, Ross Chastain uh, at, uh, uh, let's see, was it Austin Dillon at Watkins Glen? And, and Christopher Bell at Michigan and Chase Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Chastain has 12 kills this year. I went through all of them. Yeah, he actually did research how many he actually had. So He has 12 kills this year, it was so 12. it's a double ace. Right. Uh, it's but not that great of a season, though. There's 36 races. He had more opportunity. Anybody else have nominees? Because I already have the winner. But go ahead. I want some nominees. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm just kind of drawing a blank at this point. I think you covered it pretty well. No, I have. You, know you know who's something, someone, and, and I have to give him big props that a couple of years ago we probably would have had him as a top nominee. Who's that? Ryan Narducci. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That, last, that the kid last has of... turned around his racing etiquette, and I love watching him drive now. Yeah. He now, yeah, he's not a weapon. He, he's... He'll poke you, but he ain't going to just straight up drive through no you. that was yeah he's had a he had a hell of a year this year too he could have been and almost honestly in ryan waterman's defense his tie rod broke on the first contact that he made with chicolas and chicolas kind of did pinch him off a little bit uh no. is that why he dropped out no that, anyway. that's why they both ended up stopped in the wall Anyway. Ryan couldn't turn the car away from him anymore. Well, once you get the car hit the wall, you do tend oh, to Oh, that was that la Oh, yeah, that was the last lap thing I had to dive to the inside to miss. That's right. All right, so the winner, though, uh, for retiring a NASCAR legend is going to go to the next-gen car. Yes, next-gen yes. car is definitely the weapon of the year. It was the weapon of the year. It retired Kurt Busch and sent multiple people for concussions, yes. and it stopped a whole bunch of crashes. So it stopped people from crashing each other because of how scary it was. So, yeah, the weapon of the year goes to the ace of disgrace. The weapon of the year goes to the next-gen car. Literally had Noah Gragson saying, I'm not driving this car 100% because I'm scared. Yes. All right. I'm also, you know what? I was going to not give the burnout of the year award, but I'm just going to give it out to Sean Gadeke after winning the street stock title at Waterford. He did a killer burnout, and I just wanted to give him props for that. So instead of the other nominees, I'll just hand you that award. So there you go. Burnout of the year. And it was a pretty his, killer His burnout. award should be a package of valve springs. <laughs> Especially after running it on the limiter constantly. Oh, that thing was hammering the chip. <laughs> All right. Darf of the year. Here we go. This is a big one. Then after this, we get into driver of the year. All right. Let's go through the three nominees that I have. Gage O'Leary for this comment after his driver, Adam Rowe from Michigan, was disqualified for the weekend after post-qualifying tech during the Mid-Atlantic Street Stocks New Year's Bash all the way back in early January. Uh, at Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina for having an MSD box in the car when the rules clearly stated only GM HEI ignition rules only. He said, quote, Dillon Speedway is a joke. Disqualified someone who drove from Davidson, Michigan over something that starts the car. So not only is he completely technically inept, he also thinks that they shouldn't be disqualified just because they drove a long distance when the rules clearly stated otherwise. If it, you are responsible for your car. 
If it doesn't meet the rules, it's nobody's fucking fault but your own. If there's Correct. a f- more fair racetrack other than Dillon Motor Speedway as far as rules go and tech infection, I'd like to know. <laughs> tech infection. That's, yeah, tech that's where inspection. some of more, the tracks More are. accurate some places. This right. is true. Yeah, I did have a Freudian slip there, that's for sure. There's tech infection oh, at a, some of the New some England of them, tracks. Some of them have, are guilty of tech infection. <laughs> okay, we might have the winner as number two, by the way. This was a very popular one. Brian Austin Evans at Austin underscore Evans 19, then changed to at Buddy underscore Shiznit 23. Oh, this guy. For saying that Kyle Bush's baby wasn't his because it was being carried by a surrogate mother, then quadrupling down on his ridiculous idiocy before changing his Twitter handle and profile picture. Wait, what was his Twitter handle again? I want to see if it exists still. At Austin underscore Evans 19. No, the Buddy Shiznit. At Buddy underscore Shiznit 23. My cat keeps walking into my tripod. S-H-I-Z-N-I-T 23? Yes, S-H-I-Z-N-I-T 23. Does it exist? I'd love to know, but I'm going to read his tweet, by the way. Because Trevor Bain was supposed to be on standby for Kyle Busch because the surrogate was going into labor. So he says, so we are going to miss out on points and potential wins because some woman is carrying the baby your wife can't have? I don't understand. Just throw the season away, why don't you? If it was actually your kid that your wife was having, I can understand, but this is ridiculous. Apparently this man does not understand science because it is his kid biologically. They just put it into a different woman. What an idiot. Even Samantha Bush got involved. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, she was the one dragging him through the mud to start. It was great. Yeah, she said. I can't find his handle anymore. Yeah, she said, to educate you, our baby is 100% biologically our child. I have eggs, but thanks for acting as if you understand anything about infertility. After suffering multiple miscarriages and failed cycles, it was recommended to proceed with a gestational carrier to have our child. What, what did he think that Kyle fucked some other lady? Like, what? 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 What went through no, his he kid's thinks, brain? No, he thinks that they're adopting it. He has no idea what surrogacy is. Oh my god! Remember, people, this should have been quote of the year, but fifty-four uh, percent of adults have a literacy <laughs> rate below the sixth-grade level. You're right. He, he just made that statistic fifty-five. Well, then this guy quadrupled down on it. He said, Ex- "Please explain now, Samantha Bush. You are wrong. Admit it." And he posted a screen cap that says, "In, in gestational surrogacy, the preferred method and more common surrogacy method." The answer is no. Gestational surrogates are not biologically related to the babies they carry at all, which totally explains her explanation because the surrogate mother is not the actual mother it is literally just a gestational carrier for the fertilized yeah, egg yeah, Re- reading is hard it's it's really hard <laughs> so yeah that guy oh my god i'm just gonna hand the award to him and then just read the third one because i got a third Please. here the third what one is darf stand for dumbass retarded fuck it, at this point yes <laughs> The last Darf a Darf of the Year comment was from Justin Glass at jglass133 on Twitter when in his response to Friendship Speedway in North Carolina announcing their closure when he said, Losing tracks allows the ones that stay around an opportunity to grow and improve. There's probably a hunting analogy to be had here. If your track closes, barring government involvement, it probably should have. 
Whoa. Tracks need other tracks to survive. Oh. That's why SGMP is gone. That's why Peach State is gone. Yeah. Wow. That's that was pretty bad. That one almost should have been the winner. It was close. That's pretty goddamn close. It's close, but we can't we, we can't do the other we can't do the other one dirty. Wow. We have to go with this. So Brian Austin Evans for not knowing basic biology and Buddy being a com- and being a complete idiot, you are our Darf of the year. And trust me, we had a God lot of have them. Mercy on your soul. We had a lot of them, and you were by far my, the may worst. May God strike you dead. Yeah, please may God sterilize you and your entire bloodline for all of eternity. Please get adult chicken pox so that you become <laughs> sterile. <laughs> If you have any children, go work I in hope. a nuclear power plant, please. Yes. <laughs> Put your balls in a microwave, please. Oh, no. oh, hi. Yeah, there's a child in the room, by the oh, way. Sorry about that. Phil can say it because he's on our headphones and he, they, he can't hear us. But anyway, this is way too long. Okay, we have to get to the driver of the year. This episode's way too long. Three hours for the final episode, Knowledge's is awards. It's, well, we have to give out the awards. There's no racing going on. All right, I have a nominee. I'm sure everybody else has one in their head. I'm going to give one. Everybody else can give whatever they want. Okay. For what? Driver of the year. Me. And it's not Joey Logano. He won one race when it counted, and that's all that really mattered. Okay? So screw him. Uh, Mine is Jonathan Davenport, who won the Eldora Million, the Dream, and a whole mess of other dirt late model races to win around $2 million as a dirt track racer. Just this year. Okay, let's hear some other nominees. Big money Matt Hirschman with 29 wins. 29 tour type modified wins. That's a lot. That's a lot. He probably made almost, you know, I know they only pay like 10, 10, five, five to, five ten, to grand, ten grand. Five to piece. ten grand on most of them. He, he did, did win, win the Sizzler. That was 15. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's probably, and that's all the ones that he just won. I mean, he probably has like a 50% winning rate. So he probably won almost probably quarter million dollars, which is still a lot. It's a lot for a short track racer around here, especially yeah. an asphalt one. I'll be conservative with that number, obviously. Yeah. Um, I can't really argue with either of those, honestly. You you took mine. Mine was going to be Davenport. <laughs> it's not Kyle Larson this year. That's for sure. No. We gave Kyle him Larson our, wasn't even close. We gave him our first one because he just dominated everything that year. Even off. And the second one. And the second one, yeah, because I think he dominated everything that year, too. You know, I could, I could, and people might argue this because he didn't obviously win a race. I could almost say Dale Earnhardt Jr. Not. It, drivers bring people to the tracks. Yeah, but this isn't you, a popularity contest. This is. Oh, this I, is, I know, but <laughs> no, no is the most, the, I mean, the most popular driver thing is supposed to be based on a lot of different criteria. It's and all a popularity it's contest. On, yeah, all it's ever done on is popularity. We right. have a reward. The NHL has an award for that. So I think it's called the Lady Bing. Yeah. So he, Dale and Hart can win the Lady Bing. He's popularity. Yeah, I, I, I stats. honestly have nothing for this <laughs> segment, so I got to come up with something. All right, based solely on competition level and amount of money won, I got to give it to Jonathan Davenport because he faced. A hell of a lot more cars to win these races he than Money six, Matt did. He won he ran seventy six races or whatever. Yeah, but or when 90 you run, some, yeah, he won ninety six races. He won the, the Eldor. He won the, the Dream million. and the Eldor a million. They probably had over a hundred entries for each race. I yeah. think he won the World One Hundred too. I believe he did. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I, um, uh, Matt Hirschman ain't ain't fighting against a hundred other modified racers. No. Yeah, I mean he's not I, going through E D and F mains. You know what I mean? No, the, or at least the possibility there. of. I those. mean, Matt Hirschman's had a hell of a season. He, he he's the best Northeast uh, modified. He's the best modified driver, no doubt. But yeah, but I mean, we stop. Yeah, but <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, and take nothing away from Matt Hirschman. No, we're not I, taking anything away from him because he's got definitely uh, uh, Jonathan Davenport had a dream season. Yeah, quite literally. You know, I got to yeah, give it to Davenport. Yeah, he'll never he'll never have a season like that again. I doubt it's going to be really tough to replicate all that in one year. I mean, other dirt drivers like Chris Madden had like seventeen wins. There was a lot of those dirt drivers. Uh, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Brandon Shepard had a. a 16 17 wins also he ran like 96 races yeah a killer year. he had a ton of races yeah brandon shepherd was was a was a monster yeah but when you look but again, they win look. the races that john for davenport won yeah he won all of the biggest races that paid the most money yeah so i mean come on you're up against all of the yeah. best competition that you could possibly be up against in that series in that kind of car although and that's bar none final and he won them all I mean, Ross Chastain did do the rim job. That's true. <laughs> but that's like <laughs> that's ballsiest it. move of the year, not really driver of the year. So, yeah. I wonder if Ross Chastain closed his eyes. He said he closed his eyes and moved his hands in and just floored it. <laughs> Took his hands off the wheel. He said it hurt a lot to do it because of the G-forces and impacts. Five, six oh, Gs. Sure. Yeah. All right, so Jonathan Davenport wins our Making Laps Podcast Award for Driver of the Year. Congratulations to all of our award winners, and that is the end of Season 3 of the Making Laps Podcast. Anybody have any final parting thoughts until we come back uh, at Speed Weeks next year? Um, I basically... Stay off the internet unless you're watching races. <laughs> Get on iRacing. Contact us if you want to race with us. Uh, anyway, but I got to send a, th a few thank you notes out. I want to thank all the listeners and people who subscribe, obviously, because, you know, we wouldn't have an audience without them, obviously. All three of them. All three of them who listen. Uh, Sid, I got to thank him for hosting the Zoom meetings for us. And it would cost us money to pay for one because they don't allow you to go over 40 minutes if you have a free version or something. And he lets us do this for hours and hours on end. He don't care. Um, my co and somehow still has the patience to archive our audio. And <laughs> exactly. My co-hosts, obviously, my brother Jesse and Phil for Hello. coming on. Thank you to you guys. Uh, Tyler Owen for regularly participating. And <laughs> th thanks for actually listening when I ask for interaction. So Why did you call him, him Tyler? Well, because that's one of them. Oh, okay. That's one of the guys. <laughs> Sean Miner. I thought Tyler was everyone. For taking his, <laughs> yeah, I gotta thank Sean for uh, taking his own time and effort to provide the entire Seekonk updates to the show. Uh, I need to thank other people from tracks like Bonsa and Kyle Ricky from Stafford and other people who listen from up there. I gotta thank Mitch at Waterford, uh, a bunch of other people who are just unsung, who just you know they they'll t gotta thank our they guests help us that came suck on. Less. Yeah, they help us suck less. They help all of our guests. Mitch is like the biggest like 
corrector that I have, he'll text me and be like, actually, this happened. You screwed up. So I need somebody to keep, <laughs> I need someone to keep me in line. And, um, all the people that we BS with and, and listen and, and have a good time. I appreciate it so much. And, um, if I miss anybody, I, I apologize, obviously. Anybody else have anybody to thank? Like You, for you the rest can't of the thank season? them. I can't thank them enough. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, you can find this show on every major podcast platform next year. You can find it on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. You can send us some feedback to Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com, or you can go do like Adam Gata did and send us a voicemail to anchor.fm slash Making Labs. It came out really well, didn't it? Sounded good. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. I am posting uh, a lot of videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash BrentGleason. Give me a subscription over there, please. It's free, and it helps me grow the channel up a little bit. You can find Phil at... Uh, you can find me racing all winter while you guys suffer through the snow, sucker. Yep. Um, and at PJ's Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'll be up uploading videos of races and whatnot that I do all winter. And you can find Jesse in a brown truck wearing shorty shorts that are colored brown with really long brown socks in the wintertime. You can find me on Friday, Friday, Friday <laughs> my Pokemon figure. I have, I have no have idea had what had you said. But <laughs> anyway. I was just looking at the gap in his front teeth. Oh, those things ain't coming together. Dad's going to be buying braces, and he's already already hating it. So, but <laughs> for the last time this what season, when you shock your thumbs, <laughs> for the last time this season, how do we end the show? Please do it right. Keep the nurse and Thank you for this. You got to tickle him now. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. Yes, thank you all for listening again. I greatly appreciate it, and we will see you next year. Thank you. <laughs>